What's happening, everyone? Welcome to the Paranormies. I am Johnny Monoxide, and tonight we have a very, very special show for you. Joining me this evening, Mr. Reinhard von Krieger. What's up, man? Not a whole lot. I'm just... uh... I'm chomping at the bit for this one. We've nice. been waiting for this for a while. Nice. Yes, exactly. We have also joining us this evening, Dogbot. Hello. You know, I just parallel parked my Tesla right next to the diesel charging station. <laughs> $67 worth of diesel to get 200 miles. Worth every penny. Trying to Same save the planet. planet. That's right. That's right. One oil spill at a time. Anyways. Oh, man. Uh, Jack is not with us this evening. He... Um, He's going, he's going back up to take more pictures of the curvature or lack thereof. Uh, so everybody say a prayer for Jack. He's going to try to find out if, if there's curvature and if, in fact, fuel is stored in the wings. He basically, really what he did is strapped uh, 33 million bottle rockets to okay. a car, and he's just going to fire himself at the firmament. Is that what's happening? He's tied himself to a rocket and fired himself at Tel Aviv? <laughs> he's going to see if he can flip a truck so many times that it opens a stargate I hear if you do it enough times in a perfectly geometric pattern that it does do something uh, I don't know I can't fit cymatics in there I was going to try and make it into sacred geometry but maybe like 6 million perfect hexagonal shapes right yes perfect hexagonal shapes why can nobody who makes who make documentaries on like you know, these, these cool things that we've been watching recently, nobody can say hexagonal properly. I don't know. Is it, it's not how, that hard. How are they, how are they saying it? There's like, like hexagonal. Uh, I know they're British. Hexagonal. Yeah. Uh, there's, there's been a couple now that you, now that you made me say that, like, I can't hear it in my head anymore in the wrong way. I have to go back and watch. Um, I mean, the Brits, I mean, the Brits called trucks lorries. Uh, I have no idea what being a giant vehicle has to do with a chick named Lori. Yeah. Speaking of Brits, I've heard them say it hexagonal and Canadians. Yeah, that's when hexagonal isn't. Yes, I think I said that, though. I'm not sure. They also say sausage, so, you know. Yeah. They're not to be trusted. Yeah. But it is a hexagon, right? Yes. It's yes. not a hexagon. So, right. like. You guys give me a hard time because I say GIF, but like, I mean, if you think about it, they may be saying it the right way because gone is G-O-N-E, and it's just spelled with G-O-N at the end. Yeah, but I've always heard it pronounced when, when it's describing something that is in the shape of a hexagon, it's hexagonal. But then again, we could just be being Americans and pulverizing this amalgam of a language that it is in the first place. That's so true. Do, this NWO so, of a language. Yes. So do they say diagonal instead of diagonal? I've actually heard, you know what? Never mind. I'm not going to tell them myself like that. I was just going to, no, not going to do it. Uh, I've heard somebody, I'm not going to say where I heard it, but I heard somebody say uh, diagnosis instead of diagnosis, and it really bothered me. No. But, yeah. No. no, it was diagnosis. Excuse me. It was diagnosis. Diagnosis? Yes. Oh, my God. Are we just making up band names now? No, actually, that's kind of cool. Diagnosis. All right. Um, where was I? Neurosis uh, cover band. Yeah, ne- yes, ne- <laughs> neurosis is arch enemy. Diagnosis. <laughs> Sounds like an adult swim show. Yes, exactly. Diagnosis shows up every time neurosis leaves. Like, <laughs> we're here for the show. All right. 
I was very influenced by the great philosopher Diognosis. Yes. <laughs> I read I read all all five of his five hundred page long books. Which were translated from the original scrolls. Yes, A by Plato. Thank Plato. <laughs> Aristotle. It's Socrates. Yeah, it's so, well, it is Socrates, actually. Oh, it is? Yeah. So Bill and Ted had it right? No, it's, no, it's Socrates, dude. It's Socrates. Socrates. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> no, Bill and Ted never had anything right. Literally nothing at all. God, I can't believe they made a... Was the fourth one? Was the third no, one? No, it was the third one. one. I didn't third watch one. it. Yeah. I couldn't remember. I know it was Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey, Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. Yeah, and then the, the third one that they just made. And that's terrible. The, the only they, third they, film they Keanu Reeves ever did that was worth anything was John Wick 3, and that was just because you could turn your brain off and watch him hit people. Yeah, and shoot stuff. And Yeah. That was great. No, because the third Matrix was just literally terrible. Awful. Yeah. So in Bill and Ted 2, they were replaced by androids that looked like them. Right. That was pretty transhuman. Yeah. No, there's a lot of... I mean, dude, they, there's all kinds of revelation of the method all throughout Hollywood's stuff. So if we, oh, yeah. play, if we play Twister with death, we could uh, cheat death, is what you're saying. Apparently, yes. If you can beat death. death that was one of my favorite scenes in the movie, though. That is one of my favorite, that's one of my favorite scenes when they, they keep beating him. You sunk my battleship. <laughs> or when Keanu Reeves looks at... Uh, uh, when the robot Keanu Reeves looks at the real Keanu Reeves' girlfriend's picture and he's like, I've got a full-on robot chubby. Yes. <laughs> there was some oh boy. pretty funny spots in that. Don't overlook my butt. <laughs> I work out all the time and the reaping burns many calories. I, why I did really death have a German like, accent? Why, do, why did people hate Johnny Mnemonic? It was a good movie. It was a good movie. Yeah, Keanu Reeves... Ken Reeves hasn't made too many really terrible movies. Just his, just the uh, sequels, other than the Wick sequels. I remember yeah. giving him a hard time for his role in Dracula. Like, oh, I think I that was a punishment for something. Well, I mean, everybody was. Oh wait, Dracula! That was uh, the Francis Gary, Ford Coppola. Yeah, version, Gary Oldman, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. That, I, Gary Oldman did was an great awesome job. Yes, but Keanu Reeves is just terrible in everything where he's not going. Whoa. Or it's just like, shooting people. <laughs> well, I'm saying he's saying whoa in that movie too. Yeah, he's writing a letter to his fiance, and he's like, "It's really like spooky in this castle <laughs> and stuff." <laughs> and like, I'm, I'm like kind of scared. Uh, that's that actually. That's funny. I forgot about that part where he's like, where he's like writing, and you can hear his voice as he's like, re- you know, reading it to himself, you know, as he's penning the letter, and it's Keanu Reeves speaking in like you know proper british english and it's terrible try try right. his his proper british english was as good as kevin costner's was in prince of thieves hey that's all a, right that's for kevin costner's a terrible actor he really is <laughs> yeah all right let's stop movie posting we have yeah movie? no we have we have something very special tonight we do i mean the ukulele the ukulele theme song by the way um that was lucas uh, it was uh, lupus, uh, lupus candidus lupus candidus. Yes, excuse me. Oh, yeah. A couple so- of months ago, he offered to do that for us, and he rec- he just recorded it on his phone, uh, just just to do it, and it sounded awesome. And he got this to us a couple of days ago, a finished version. 
just in time too man like right it's great no it's got a little bass line and everything in there i liked it a lot we're gonna be playing that one quite a bit but oh, real yeah. quick before we get into uh everything i ran by the mailbox and we got a book from a friend of mine actually keith preston tyranny of the politically correct totalitarianism in the postmodern age Keith and I have been friends on Facebook for a very, or when I had Facebook, we were friends for a very long time, like in the before time even. He's written a couple of really good books. I haven't read this one yet, though. I'd like that. That sounds like a good book. It's, it's pretty much, good. yeah. It's basically a critique of the left's totalitarianism that is like right now, you know, in the uh, PC age that we live in. So, yeah, I'll check it out. It's, it's a pretty short book. It's, uh, Speaking of books... Um off of uh, what Scola posted to us a few days ago, I really want to get Mike Ma's new book. Yes. Newer book. Yes. Uh, this one's 184 pages. I will get um, get one for Jack, too. Do you, DB, you want a copy? I'm assuming. Absolutely. Do you, want paper? Do you guys want paper or Kindle? Paper, please. Paper, please. All right. Mike Ma's sure, paper. paper. Sure, why not? All right, we'll do when that. When SHTF, I mean, paper will always be around. Yeah, absolutely. This is true. I'm trying to, uh, a friend of mine is trying to work on, or supposedly there's a, a workaround for downloading books off of Kindle, which would be, ho, ho, ho. Nice. Be yeah. Cause if I could get all my Kindle, I read, I have all of Fomenko stuff without having to buy it. Yes. I mean, in Minecraft, because that's not a nice thing to do to people's books. Of course, but he's Russian. And as yeah. we all know, the Russians were the enemy at that point. Always have been. They're the bad guys, right? Yeah. The eternal Russian. <laughs> the eternal Muscovite. <laughs> Man. Yeah. That, well, I mean, what with all this history that we're, we're finding out isn't exactly true, and any of it is true. I mean, like, are the Russians always been the bad guys? I mean, have they always, has the New World Order always been Britain, England, and Russia, or Britain, the United States, and Russia since they were, you know what I mean? Like, I don't, I don't know. There's a lot of yeah. I think I think they specifically took power and were created for that reason. This is just the new iteration. Yeah, the new world order is the old world order, right? But no, oh, no, man. no, Reinhardt, no, no. It's only been since World War II that all of this has come. You know, they just spraying it on the world. Yeah, you know, we we used to live in this white Aryan utopia. Uh, really, everything started going downhill when you know, the the blacks were freed and uh, the Jews duped everybody with the Holocaust. I mean, right. that's really when the control started. It was only about only about eighty years ago now. Mm, that's when the heavy control started. That's when the mask came off. Before that, it was like maybe maybe eighty years before that. We'll say one hundred and sixty years total. So, I mean, technically, you could call this a multi generational plan. Technically, the mask was never on. That's what I'm learning. I know I've said this to you on the phone before, <laughs> yeah. but I, I really am learning. Like the mask was never on. We just have been. The mask was on us. Honestly, it was blinding us. <laughs> well, somebody gave that. me somebody gave me a good analogy um, with glasses in your eyes. Once you're diagnosed with bad eyes, they they give you your crutch, your glasses, your contact lenses, or whatever. Your eyes never have to work any harder to see ever again, you know, and 
how long have we been wearing glasses as a people? Like, you know what I mean? We can't see anything right in front of us. This stuff, well, the mask's I never been on. We just can't see it. Right. You know, they... Glasses we, for the mind. Yeah, exactly. Mind goggles. Ooh. Goggles of mind. <laughs> you know when your mind's all oh goggled? Oh, my God. Like, when I'm you get sorry. your mind, it's like, in a oh pair, it's like in a set of lenses, bro. You know what I mean? <laughs> I needed to get one dad joke in. That, yeah. It wasn't a dad joke. That was just bad. It was no. It was a really bad riff off of a uh, Will Ferrell joke. Actually, I think. Oof. Yeah. Oh, oh, oh. Yeah, yeah. So you should be ashamed of yourself. I'm ashamed of myself every day. Come on. It's <laughs> <laughs> the ticket to to getting better. Right. Shame. It's just just feel shame perpetually. I don't know if that's true. <laughs> <laughs> Not, that's not very healthy. No, I don't think that's very healthy. I don't think that's one of any of any step program is <laughs> to feel shame no. at all times. <laughs> no. no, no, it's like the opposite of what you want to do. Self-flagellation. Yeah. Guilt. Yeah. Step one: look in the mirror and be incredibly disappointed. I mean, that's what got me to lift. <laughs> if that's what it takes. No, actually, that's usually what it, it does take. Is like you look in the mirror and you're like, wow look at that fat piece of shit and you're like it's that, oh that's me oh and you pretty much start, yep and you gotta start lifting yep. well you were physically attacked and uh you were brutally murdered several times i believe so i was by several assailants mm-hmm. uh, mostly yeah, the, the uh i don't you know what was really fucked up is we this whole time we were thinking that you were being attacked by apes from your ape mountain when reality was they were um, bonobos in disguise, and, right? Yeah, I was I was afraid he was getting butt broken up there in Eight Mountain. Well, I mean that's always a legitimate fear. Well, uh, no, we, we only have white apes up there, right? That's what I'm so saying. They these don't, were they these don't were, go they don't go for the white man. They go for the bonobos. They go for the lessers. Well, what I was saying did is you, these did were you bonobos. The chimps have been attacking gorillas lately. They have been uh, due yeah. to been murdering gorillas. They have been murdering gorillas due to global warming and climate change. Uh, oh, of course. Yes. yes. <laughs> oh, silly me. Why not? Why even bother looking for a real reason? No, can, let me. I, I keep forgetting that that's like the go-to reason for every everyone in the the religion of science. So, so is this like chimps in literal heat? It is. What is happening is that uh, we have these primates in competition for very scarce food now because of the climate change it is uh changing the habitats and there is not enough food to support the lives of both of these animals so the chimps are actually murdering ape or gorilla babies it has nothing to do with the bantu containment field being destroyed and they're just spreading everywhere and killing everything in their path right no 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 it's it's um climate change actually i believe is what they're calling it yeah, because everywhere of it. the Bantu goes, the climate changes. You, you, right. <laughs> you might you might have heard of this stuff before. It's called climate change. It's new. No, never heard I of it. I don't know. Never heard of it. Yeah, me neither. We'll have to do a show on it sometime. We should. We should do a show on climate change. Um, yes, this is man made. So vague. Change. I love it. What's that? Vague. Oh. Yeah, it's so vague. Yeah, like- it is a very vague. Well, global warming was specific. You're specifically talking about the warming 
of right. the earth, right? It's, Specifically it's warming. A, like the temperature is actually going in a direction based on the verb that was used. Right. Right. With yeah. climate With, change, it's yeah. it can be applied to any number of things. From oh, it's it's as Talmudic as you get. Socioeconomic to the natural world. <laughs> yes, and it's just like I said, yeah, it's so vague. It's Talmudic. Yeah, one of my favorite aspects of the climate change debate is environmental justice and environmental racism. Like, uh, ah, yes. I have I have a couple books on both of those, and uh, basically it's. Uh, white people ruined everything for everybody, so uh, there needs to be revenge against white people for us deciding to make inhospitable places livable. So, I mean, basically, white people need to die so blacks can not climb mountains? Move all the gay niggas to Iceland. And then sink it in Minecraft. Yes. Well, Iceland, yeah. it'd be hard to sink, because if you look on that map that you posted... Reinhardt, it is uh, very much on a ridge, a very high point of a ridge. Yes, it is. Yeah, interesting. Just above a uh, an old well. We'll get to it. Yes, yes, yes. Um, let me see. We took care of the business. We had just the book. No donations. Shame on you, people. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> but seriously, but, but seriously, I know. Look, I know. Lone scum is messing with the coins again. But you know, you should donate some to us. That's the end I mean, of our shilling for actual donations. What you really should do is go to dissidentapparel.com slash ally slash paranormies and check out one of our five shirt designs, soon to be seven shirt designs, by the way. Uh, we're putting up the tinfoil and then, um, I, Dogbot, I had to have a, uh, a graphic artist do yours electronically. So it's an, an actual um, PNG now. Oh, okay. Yeah. So it's still, I'm it's just still, glad you have the physical copy for yourself. Oh, absolutely. I'm having that framed. So we'll nice. have, yes. Uh, we'll have Dogbot's design and the Paranormies tinfoil designs shortly. But in the meantime, you can pick up a Honkler shirt or the um, Flat Earth for Dummies, which is quite popular. The black and white Paranormies logo. Uh, what else is there? The season four logo. Season four logo, yeah. Um, and there's, is that it? We only have four? I thought we had five. Nope, we have four currently. Have four. four currently, so there will be six. I misspoke. I don't want to lie. Sound like some sort of grifter or something. But we, we could have seven soon. Uh, we could. Something, something, horse and buggy. Yeah, there's, there's some, really, the horse and buggy shirt that your brother came up with that design is great. A lot of people have, have come up with some good horse and buggy stuff. The horse and buggy memes are flowing. If yes, you, they are. I don't know if you noticed in the chats. They are. The horse, and buggy, of- the horse and buggy memes are flowing. The camel and cart memes. The oxen and cart. Like, literally, the primitive uh, locomotive technology and, you know, local populace memes. Rice and rickshaw. <laughs> Rice and rickshaw. Exactly. That was great. Did you, know, did you know there is a horse and buggy god statue in uh, Cleveland? There is. It is on the bridge. I can't. I don't remember the name of the bridge. I looked it up earlier, and I can't. I don't know what I did with it. But yeah, well, uh, that's amazing. It's one of the guardians of traffic, which yes. apparently was an Art Deco uh, stat. Like there are four Art Deco statues that were uh, air quotes commissioned in the 1930s, uh, and so a little uh, sports ball backstoryisms. 
So there used to be a baseball team in Cleveland called the Cleveland Indians. And about four years ago, they decided to get rid of their mascot, which was named Chief Wahoo, who is basically, you know, a cartoon Indian, which you used to see all the time in American cartoons. Wasn't he and, named after like a, a legitimate guy like Chief Wahoo McDaniels or something? There was that a wrestler? Am I conflating uh, two stories? I have no idea, but apparently, apparently, one of the former owners, like kids or something, had made that mascot. Hmm. But they uh, they decided to scrap the team name altogether, and. So they're no longer the Cleveland Indians. Now right. they're the Cleveland Guardians, named after these four uh, s- statues. One of them who looks like Apollo. Another one who kind of looks like Mercury. Vul- Mercury. And, and another one look. Another one looks like Vulcan. Looks like you know, <laughs> not, they all look one. like Apollo in the face. They all have the exact same face. Yes, they all have. They all have the laurel wreath. They all have the wings. Um. I think, honestly, I think they're all supposed to be, they all look like they could be Mercury slash Hermes. Yeah. Um, yeah. Instead of Apollo, uh, just because transportation, um, a God oh. of, of, uh, communication, uh, alchemy. But this was perfect for all the, uh, cape shit cucks out there because they thought it meant, had something to do with guardians of the galaxy. Well, of course oh, they did. God. So like it, for them, it's a combination. It's like, it's, it's like super, what uh soy jack face like Ugh. because it combines their their sports ball consumerism and their cape shit consumerism into one giant voltron of homosexuality mm-hmm. consumerism that's disgusting and it does you do have that one picture of the construction where they're actually lifting it up with a crane yeah yeah you have a li- they made sure to get that one in there yep the crane the crane is actually made out of 100% bootstrap if you look at it, closely. it looked very closely. That is, oh my goodness, is that pure North American bootstrap? It is, dude. You can feel the gumption coming straight out of that. Photograph. I was gonna say, is that gumption on this on coming those, out of look both at those sides? White men, good lord, every single one of them, white ingenuity right there. If they only had any idea how homosexual their state would become. Do you think they would have stopped working on little oh statues my. for a bit? Oh my! If they only knew what Ohio would eventually turn into. Uh, yeah, shame. rapist frogmen and blags. Yeah, not just any kind of blags. You got you got like every kind of blag. You got the Somalians. That's, you got the actual. That's true. Uh, yeah, I mean, dude, it's yeah, it's not just it's not just your run of the mill American, but it's all of them. Yeah, and they, they don't none Do of them like Haitians each other. There? That's the what? Do they have Haitians there? Like three. Okay. <laughs> I think I'm not uh, sure. T- three too many. Yeah. This, yeah. Oh, well, well, we just picked up 250 Haitians here in the great state of Texas. They just let them walk right through the fucking gate. Oh, God. Oosh. Yeah. Yeah. They're like, they're like, yeah, come on in. Y'all I did work. The cartel was bad. They had controlled, uh, controlled chaos with the U.S. government. The Haitians just don't give a single crap about anything. They'll yeah. shoot everyone. They don't. Yep, they shoot each other. I mean, that's what happened to Miami. But Haitians? Oh yeah. I mean, yeah. okay. Look, Miami was bad before. Sure, mm. it was terrible. But mm. at least there was some semblance of order in all the chaos with all the all the like white presenting Hispanics that were smuggling cocaine. Then the Haitians came in and just erupted everything. And the Jamaicans. Don't forget the Jamaicans. And Jamaicans. The island. Yeah, the island Blakes. 
Man, it's a special kind of Blake out there. Literal, literal Satan worshiping yes. Blakes. Yes, actual Satan worshiping Blakes. Okay. So God, God help you, Dogbot. Yeah, I do. Uh, dude, we we got we got tons of bulb heads and everything just floating around <laughs> in the fucking Metroplex right now. It's like we have entire like uh, there's there's an entire like Ethiopian sub community that's popped up around here. I don't even know how that fucking that's happened. This continent wide strip mall is is just you know it's it's like made out of meta material. You know, like uh, one day you wake up and you think you're in a, a relatively homogeneous, uh, you know part of the continent-wide strip mall and then you drive down the street and you're like dude what is that chicken scratch glowing in neon on the side of that church holy shit that's what ethiopian that's what the ethiopian written language looks like yeah so I like like dude it, it looks like it looks like a kid that couldn't figure out how to write the letter the lowercase p like, 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 tried every single way to write the lowercase p and got it wrong like twenty times. And that's Ethiopian. That's what the Ethiopian language looks like. Okay. Well, I know where uh, where I was in Ohio for a while. There was a also a large Eritrean contingency. In oh, really? Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, they're not as now, the Ethiopian language is actually. Well, are, wait, are you talking about like gays or? Are you talking like what they what they try and speak now? I'm pretty are, sure you're talking you, about what they you, speak now, dude. I don't know. Like, yeah. I I know they're Ethiopians, and I know like what their written language looks like because they write it on signs, and it looks it looks like it looks worse than chicken scratch. It looks it looks like a mentally retarded person's trying to spell out their name. All right then. Well, alrighty then. Ethiopian languages are the oldest Ethiopian languages are Semitic languages, actually. Yes, this is true. It goes along with the Ethiopian Bible, right? Yes, mm. and the the white, the actual Ethiopian, not the not the monkey Ethiopian, which is probably why the writing looks so terrible where you are too, is because you know they can't spell in their own language either. Right. Well, they can't spell. Period. There you go. The end. Of the yeah. yeah. The end. Yeah. The end. Period. The end. All right. Let's just get into By the, the way, content. Con- the, what? Well, interesting uh, thing you just said, Dob, about you know materials that this continent-wide strip mall is made out of. Hmm. It. If we extend that strip mall out, you know, possibly oh. across the realm, mm-hmm. we're going to find some interesting materials. I don't. I don't know. Is that? Is it okay to move on? Sure. No, it's okay to move on. It's okay. And introduce our our incredibly special topic that we've been waiting for and and other people have been asking us about. Yes. For a long time. Yes. We're we're going to talk about the trees. Yes, I hope I hope nobody misunderstood us. What? What it, anyways, no, we're going to talk about the trees and 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 what we think about the trees and the fact that what you look at when you go walking around, you know, through what we call the woods are not actually trees. They're just tiny little bushes. They talk- are remnants. Not even. The remnants. Not even. No, the remnants are what we call the giant trees. What we call giant trees are merely remnants of what was here before. 
Yes. yes. Table Mountains Across the World. I'm sure many people have seen Devil's Tower by now. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Table Mountain in, in Cape Town, South Africa. I mean, you've, you've got these all over the world. In uh, Tunisia, Philippines, Senegal, Canada, Greece, Iceland, remnants in Ireland, what we call Giant's Causeway. Mm-hmm. Um, Australia, there's actually a few. Australia's and, got like 36 of these things or more. Australia has, I think Australia has the most tabletop, we call them mesas as well. Not just tabletop mountains, they're, they're mesas, plateaus. Um, in, in, uh, in Argentina, they're the, uh, the flat pamplis places where the cattle roam, right? It's the big flat-topped mountains. Yes. Can- Canberra's. That's the capital of Australia. What about Canberra's? Uh, uh, Serato. That's what I was thinking. Serato. Okay, yeah. Um, but yeah, these we're talking about we're talking about these tabletop mountains, mesas. Um, what some people would say look a lot like giant tree stumps. This is going to be a very schizo episode, guys, just so as everybody knows. Okay. Yes, prepare for a lot of speculation and a lot of... And a lot of... Uh, uh, well, a lot of using our discernment and uh, playing a game with with photographs. A lot of people like to say that when we do our uh, trans agenda episode um, you know, prep, that all we do is draw lines on pictures. So, like, basically, Paranormies, what you're trying to tell me is last year you told me that all the A-list celebrities aren't really women, and now you're trying to tell me that mountains aren't really mountains. What are they? Mound trannies? Ooh. Can't wait for that comment. Sips coffee. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Loudly. (laughs) But seriously, yes, we are going to tell you that not all mountains... Now, not all mountains were giant trees. Some mountains right. were just piles of other stuff, but that, we'll get into that later. Yeah, how do we so, and how some do we mountains do this? Aren't actual mountains? Right, right. Some mountains are actual. Well, no, considering considering how much has been scraped out, I don't think anything's a mountain anymore. Even Everest. I mean, looking at Everest, it is at the top of a quarry. You know. Well, well, I mean, honestly. What we call a mountain at this point, knowing what we know, it's a massive pile of material mm-hmm. that is coalesced into a solid form, a solid figure. I mean, yeah. so yeah, I would it, say at this point, even if they are scrap material, which we'll get into later, um, you know, they become mountains at this point. They're just mountains of something that we didn't see, expect. You're saying it correctly when you're saying they're mountains of something. See, that's the thing. The word mountain technically doesn't exist. True. Okay. Mountain is a descriptor. Mountain is a descriptor, not a noun. Fair enough. Like making a mountain out of a molehill. Exactly. So, yeah, yeah. There you go. Um, but yeah, a mountain of debris. You know, I guess it is. It's still a noun, but it's more of a descriptive noun as opposed to a standalone noun. If you follow what I'm saying. Right. Yes. All right. So yeah, it's 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 kind of weird, people. But yeah, we we've looked at this. We we watched the Iwar Anon videos. We watched the Russian guy's video. I don't. I guess we're gonna give credit to the Russian guy. Um, we don't know who he is, but he made this video that was translated. It's called "There Are No Forests on Earth," and if you can sit through that, 
and not come away with a sense of holy shit, more stuff that I thought I knew I don't know. You know, if you if that doesn't happen, then you are just completely lost. Because <laughs> there's no way you. I mean, like I, I've shown that to some normies, and they're like, "Wow, that makes." complete sense the game that he plays find 10 differences right yeah no it's absolutely incredible and honestly i feel i feel like a bit of an ass uh because this is something that was brought up to us a couple of times over the years johnny i know i know you had it brought up to you a few years ago uh before any of us were on the show with you um yeah. Dabot, i think shared a picture uh that was alluding to the silica or well, silicon crystal trees, giant trees, uh, theories last year. And we've always just kind of brushed it off. Yeah. Um, so, so about this time last year, when we did the, uh, Jaredites are the Olmecs episode, uh, somebody had sent me a image of devil's tower and, uh, the purported, uh, seismic readings of the petrified roots that were underneath it. And it was like a diagram showing said roots. And I thought that that was truly fascinating. It had never even occurred to me looking at devil's tower, um, that that could possibly be a tree stump. But after, after seeing that diagram, I was like, well, that totally makes sense. It doesn't look like a, it doesn't look like a mountain. Like what the hell is right. it? Like what the hell? What the hell is it doing in the middle of nowhere anyway? And then I was uh, subsequently shot down by numerous people—not not anybody on the show, but just different people saying that's totally fake. There aren't any seismic readings and everything. It's just a meme. Yeah, and now we find that it's not—not not even that it's not a meme. That it holds a lot of weight. Well, we actually found the article that it came from. Were they? They, I think they linked the, the the study that actually took the readings, but that's that's not the point though. The, the point is is that all of this, all of the stuff, is all stuff that at one point or another we ridiculed ourselves a little bit. I think all of us have come a long way in our journey along this um, awakening to what real reality is, and we still don't even know what that is. But finding out that again, like I said earlier. Um, Yet something else we thought we knew, we don't know. Um, this whole crystal trees thing came up a very long time ago in these circles with, obviously, Sinead and Renegade. And they were, like, laughed out of the room for it. Pretty sure yeah. people on this show way long time ago were on that list of people that were laughing them out of the room. And now here we are doing an episode on the crystal trees you have something in your throat there yeah sorry it's my iwaran on yeah right <laughs> look we have to keep going <laughs> all right i won't Anyways. do i won't do that too much it's like doing a batman voice well yeah at least the batman voice is no, the Batman voice is really fake. I still think that 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 should have been Bane's voice, and then you know what I mean. That's what Bane should have sounded like. Then then Batman doing the who sent you? Anyways, I digress. Go ahead, Renner. I can I can I can understand why the dialogue on the plane scene with the CIA agent and Bane 
inspired so many memes. It is so weird and bad. Like when you watch it, like the full few minutes of it. Oh, it's terrible. Like, yeah, it's so weird. It's also not even tangentially related to the story. Yeah. Yeah, it's just superfluous. It's superfluous. Superfluous. Yeah, no, I'm going to try to say it and step on my own tongue. Okay. <laughs> um, crystal trees. Yes. Giant yes. crystal trees. We in antiquity uh, used to remember these things. You know, we talk about them nowadays as children. When we talk about Jack and the Beanstalk, we talk about um, Paul Bunyan, you know, Babe the Blue Ox and the giant trees. You know, he chopped down the giant trees. Uh, Jack climbed the beanstalk up into, you know, up above, up above the clouds to the land of the giants. Right. Um, uh, even in mythology, the world tree. Um, Yggdrasil. Yes. Yggdrasil, the garden of the Hesperides. Um, many, many different mythologies have these giant trees. Um, Lord of the Rings, Telperion and Lorelin, the, the trees that, uh, lit the realms or lit the realm singular, um, these special trees with special qualities, which we'll get into later, um, yeah, they permeate history and mythology. So obviously the ancients knew something had, had at, at the very least, corrupted memories, genetic memories, cultural memories of something that came before them, uh, that they were living after. Uh, they knew that an age had occurred before them uh, that was far different than the one they were living in and far grander. Oh yeah. Um, and many mythologies as well are not. Uh, so you aren't on and uh, the Russian guy, I believe his first name is Pavel. I want to say, uh, I'll just call him Pavel. these guys are not the first to speculate that we're living in the ruins of another age. Mm-hmm. Um, we always, you know, we talk a lot about cataclysms, uh, resets, Noah's flood. Um, this possibly could have been one of the first resets. It's possible. Uh, in the realm. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely possible. We, we talk about resets like there hasn't been more than one. I mean, we, we know of the flood we've, you know, we can speculate on others as we can tell by, you know, the architecture, the mud and all that stuff that there has been something, um, but yeah, there's definitely evidence of some sort of uh, reset or changing or, you know, something. If these were trees, well, something cut them down. You know, they're not there anymore. And they definitely look cut. These are flat topped like tree stumps. Yes. And official narrative science tells us that these rock formations, which quote rock formations, are just that. They are um, formations of cooled magma mm. uh, that have cooled over millions of years or thousands of years, what have you, after great volcanic eruptions. And uh, the magma has cooled into these almost perfect hexagonal patterns. Oh, no. We're, let's talk about the. No, let's just talk about the stumps first before we get into that. Okay. Just yeah. the stumps. Just, just the, stumps. the stumps. So these, so, these volcano, whatever they were, these magma events. <laughs> Magma. <laughs> magma. They blew through the magma, blew through the Earth's crust, right? And when it blew through the Earth's crust, it blew up to a point where, you know, this this was raised up around, you know, the rest of the land. And then it cooled. And then the wind and the rain and the weather happened. And it 
perfectly weathered these tops of these things to be completely flat and somehow weathered the sides all the way around to sort of mimic the way a tree grows out of the ground um, where, you know, well, the we, bark, where you can see the bark going into the roots, well, you and, know, how it kind of And even the out. tops, even the tops on some of these, you can actually see rings just oh, yeah. like you would on a, on a cut down tree. Oh, yeah, looking down on them, yeah. Oh, yeah. But even if you didn't have all that empirical evidence and to be able to look at side by side with an actual tree stump, that we're familiar with. We have lava that still comes out of the ground and flows and cools all the time right. on Hawaii, you know, and nothing, or, and there's nothing anywhere around Hawaii that looks anything like, uh, you know, these basalt, these basalt, uh, hexagonal structures. Well, you know, there's, it's just ridiculous. Well, yeah, there's none of that. And there's, there's no, they're not forming any mesas there. There's no flat topped table rocks in Hawaii um, for some reason, you know, maybe it's because, you know, we haven't had the millions of years of erosion happen yet. Maybe it'll, you know, it'll, it'll come eventually. You know what I mean? Well, it's the same argument for evolution. Um, it, yeah. It's the same argument for evolution. It's the same argument for any formation, any geographical formation. You know, it takes millions and millions of years, which actually goes back to a guy that we referred to in our first transhumanism first newer transhumanism episode we did, uh, Sir Charles Lyell and his uh, geographical, uh, what was it? Um, uh, whatever the modern geographical standard was, I can't remember the exact name of it, um, but it was the gradual theory, gradual change. Uh, oh, the that, geology, yeah, the geological theory. Let me look that up. Yes. Um, uh, ge- geological uniformitarianism. That's, that's what word. it's called. Yep. Um, that serve to completely demolish thousands and thousands of years of history and belief and mythology uh, that was ingrained in peoples that the world had experienced not just one but multiple cataclysms um, you know both realm wide and locally sure. over the years and um, and Lyle's work served to uh, destroy that much like Darwin's uh, theory of evolution served to destroy, the idea of intelligent design and human origins. Mm-hmm. Yeah, origin of the species took God out of the equation, and now we all came from um, single-celled organisms. And the other guy, you know, he, like you said, he dispelled thousands and thousands of years of myth and lore and legend handed down, you know, generation to generation. Every ancient civilization has records of cataclysms. Some of them have rather detailed records of cataclysms, you know, whether they're a local reset or a huge, you know, realm wide reset. But these they've been documented throughout millennia. And here comes this guy. He's like, no, they're wrong. And he's right. Deep. And he left no room for uh, any lost continents, uh, Atlantis, Lemuria, Mu, um, any of these ideas. He just completely scrubbed, said that there's no way that it could have happened um, hmm. in such a way. Plate tectonics do not work. Uh, in this fashion to where there would be, you know, an almost immediate cataclysm. Yeah. Anything could sink below the waves. Hmm. Um, when in fact, we have evidence of terraforming all around us and uh, scarring from some kind of natural or otherwise disaster. Right. Uh, well, we talk here- a lot about DEWs and HARP. Um, think of it like prehistoric DEWs and HARP. Why would it have to be prehistoric? Right. Because it, as we're finding out, it's in be- our, it, 
Well, yeah, it's pre quote history, but a lot of times, right? We think when you hear prehistoric, you think, uh, you know, Fred Flintstone. You know, you don't think you don't think of actual flying, you know, flying machines and uh, giant cuttlefish excavators and things. You know, doing things so, right. to the earth. And we'll get to that later. Yeah, but, but hey. you, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Sorry, go ahead, DB. So they have to push this idea of gradualism when it comes to geology in order to match up with all the other uh, anti anti-god anti-christian forms of scientism that they've been pushing on us they have there has to be this long drawn-out process to create the grand canyon it it could so like they have to say it was oh it was just a stream over a period of time and boom you got a grand canyon you know like because at the same on at the same level they say that you know we came from monkeys Mm -hmm. and eventually you know, we came from fish and whatever the fuck, right? Like, so everything has to be this long, drawn-out, gradual thing to disprove God's God's creative process. And it, it's and always that. That's yeah. yeah. So it's always that. No, you're right. You're right. Yeah, it's, it's always that. Everything has to go for millions and millions of years. Otherwise, it doesn't work for them. That's like with with evolution, you have the 65 million year gap between dinosaurs and humans, right? It's like yeah, right. Yeah, it's just, and like you were saying, Dogbot, it it serves to cover up, you know, God's God's intelligent creation. It also serves to cover up the enemy, whatever you, whatever you believe they are. You know, there is an enemy. Um, they go by many names. It serves to cover up their destruction mm-hmm. of everything, mm-hmm. um, well, their corruptions. And by doing it over such a long period of time, um, it's really it, it like kind of minimalizes how bad the destruction really is. Because when you think about how little time it really took to destroy everything. That's pretty incredible considering, you know, and they want to tell us that it took thousands of years to, to destroy these civilizations and whatever it really took. It was like, what, 160 years ago. <laughs> right. And, and what we're trying to tell people right now is, yeah, we don't believe that the earth is over a billion years old. Yeah. We're not atheists. We don't believe in the Kabbalistic big bang theory. I don't know if it's 5,000 years old. But I definitely know it's not a billion. Right. No. Right. I think it it could be anywhere from ten thousand upwards. Um, we just don't know the pre the the world pre Adam is a complete mystery. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they've uh, destroyed so much of our past. They've destroyed so much of our history. They've completely twisted everything the fuck around. That we're trying to find evidence in the things that we see around us and look at it with the with fresh eyes. Right. You know, and, and instead of instead of just taking it at the at the at the explanation that's been given to us mm-hmm. by people that we have been that have been proven to us that we cannot trust, repeatedly proven to us that we cannot trust. But what happens is, especially with like with like national monuments and um, any the national forests, national parks, all this kind of stuff. You know, all you do you go up there, you see the thing, and it's like, oh, and the little bronze plaque says that's what happened. I mean, they put it on the bronze plaque. Why would they lie? It's, on, it's right there on the bronze plaque. It's always a bronze plaque. You ever notice that? But um, like with the Grand Canyon, if you look at it and use your your eyes, your discernment, your own, you know, your own gut, that little river that's going through there, there's no way that over like look how wide the Grand Canyon is. Look at how many the ways that there's so many huge different areas of it that want that the Colorado River 
if that's what you want to call it. Um, no, I'm just kidding. That's what it's called. Uh, there's no way. There's no way that happened. But you know what did happen? And if you look at it correctly, it looks like it's been mined as opposed to eroded. Yes, It does not look like something, and I just posted in the chat kind of a top-down view of part of the Grand Canyon. That does not just look like a river ran through it for millions and millions and millions of years and then just decided to dry up. Why? Because climate change? No, uh, no, because chimpanzees started killing gorillas. Ah, okay. That ah. makes sense. It's the opposite thing. It's the opposite thing. No, it, looking okay. at it from this shot, it looks like a quarry. It, it looks like any rock quarry that I've seen. If you look at the marble quarries in the Alps, if you look at the, um, there's, there's some in the Himalayas as well, it looks exactly like that. It looks like a quarry. Well, Right, and if you look in my uh, my mega link, it's somewhere in there. I've got a picture. It should be in here at least. And um, we will be putting a lot of pictures up on the site. Yes, we will be. Uh, oh yeah, here it is. It's the one that looks like a warped a warped rock wall. Um, they actually have uh, machines that can mimic this warped rock wall. Machines oh, that can pull out a tunnel because that they tell us is water erosion. Uh, the wave rock there? Yes. Yeah. In that's, Australia. That's called wave rock in Australia. Yeah, that is. No, that is evidence of what I was just talking about before. It's a, like a cuttlefish um, basket wheel mining rig. Yeah, I have a picture of that in there, too, that we can mm -hmm. put up. Um, it's crazy. I mean, this, this technology has been around for a very long time You mm -hmm. know, before they, they tell us of course. And we see it. We see evidence of this work all around us. Now, um, for people who haven't seen your Arnon's video or, or any of these videos, um, we could post links, I'm sure. Sure. But um, why would they be mining this? What is the point of cutting down these trees? That's, that's probably the biggest thing that a lot of people have asked, just in random chats, and I've gotten a few DMs about it, just for my mentions of the subject you know why why cut down these trees what are they what's the significance of the material well you cut down trees for wood to burn or to build houses right um you know wood for fire is a form of technology correct right right well we keep referring to these as crystal trees and what we mean by that is these trees these table mountains are actually petrified silicon. Right. That so is, they're, what's they're, that? They're silica. Yes. And that is the most, for those who don't know, that is the most abundant element in the earth's crust. It's silica. Strange, isn't it? Hmm. Yeah. Far more than carbon. Far more. Mm-hmm. Yeah, carbon is only number six. Something like that, yeah. Mm. It's like millions and millions and millions of tons of silica in the Earth's crust, as opposed to, I think, maybe two, yeah, 200 million. I don't know. It's over a billion for silica, I believe. I don't remember off the top of my head. But point is, far more prevalent. Why... 
Why is that? It's just sitting there. Nobody knows that. Nobody actually researches that unless you're a geologist. Hmm. Yeah, well, isn't sand made of silica? Yes. Like sand, sand is, is a form silica. of crystallized silica. Mm-hmm. It's almost now, like sawdust. Right. I was going to say, these crystal tree stumps always seem to be found near a desert. Or there's desert nearby. Not all of them, but yeah. A good percentage I'd, I'd of them. say, yeah, a good percentage. Right. So when you cut down a tree, you make a lot of sawdust. So when you cut a down a crystal tree, a silica tree, you make a lot of sand. It just stands to reason, right? Right. Well, in silica, an interesting thing about it, it actually bonds with oxygen about five times stronger than carbon does. So that bond with oxygen, actually, let's say, let's think of these as trees, all right? So our carbon-based trees that we see, you know, that I'm looking out outside my window at, got evergreen trees right here, um, you know, they create, they push out oxygen, they take in carbon dioxide, you know, they allow us to breathe is what we're always told, right? Because there are trees around, then we can breathe easily. If there were no trees, then we would die. Well, That's imagine a tree doing the same thing, but more than that. Five times the amount of oxygen. Just that much. Inside of our realm, mm-hmm. with tens of thousands more than what we see today, we would so, be living in literally a hyperbaric realm. So, so one of the things that so, that the religion of scientism tries to push on us is there was a period where there was so much oxygen and carbon or, or and or carbon dioxide. There were giant carbon carboniferous trees, like giant ferns, and there were dragonflies as big as uh, as big as cats and shit. Right. Right. Lots of different, uh, lots of different megafauna and megaflora, right? Including, you know, including giant lizards, dinosaurs. Yes, yeah, yes, of course. of course. Now, I mean, we are all of the opinion of the opinion here that the dinosaur narrative is fake and also gay, but we know that this megafauna did exist, and it existed in harmony with a matching flora across this world, and we see remnants of both. I know it's one of your favorite subjects, uh, Dobbon. I love giant mammals from our <laughs> ancient past, or they're, not they're, so ancient. I mean, just just well, I know, but just the idea that they existed <laughs> uh, at the simultaneously as the larger version of humans uh, is very exciting to think about. Well, and what we see a lot of times with these fossils, um, you know, we. S- we see it in faked dinosaur fossils and we see it in real megafauna finds um, and with animals that you wouldn't expect. Let's say a frog, Um, they end up petrified, right? And they like to say that this is over, you know, millions of years being trapped in sediments and mud um, uh, devoid of all oxygen. So they don't deteriorate. They're preserved, but they're, you know, essentially in stasis. They're dead in stasis. Um, that is the case with these trees. That is actually the case with these trees. It's not uh, just something petrifying over millions of years. It doesn't take millions of years to petrify something. 
you could petrify a pickle in 10 months. Actually. You can petrify a rock. Well, hang on. Isn't petrification like technically impossible? You can't really turn something organic into something inorganic. I didn't think that was science. I, I mean, I could just be, be I could be retarded, but I didn't think that that was actually a thing you could do. I thought organic material always had to decay and go away, and that's why bones are inorganic because they're made of calcium. That's why they don't go away. Like I, petrification always seemed kind of odd to me because petrified trees always look like like semi-precious stones. You know, they didn't look like it didn't look like wood at all. You know, it didn't. Um, well, and that's that's the thing. Uh, these petrified trees that you can see, and there's pictures in the mega, and there's pictures in all these videos too. Uh, in these national parks, especially out west in the western U.S., you'll see a lot of petrified, crystallized tree remains. Well, an interesting thing about silica: its purest form, devoid of all impurities, is crystal. It's quartz. Right. So. When it dies, when it is petrified, so to speak, it doesn't deteriorate, it doesn't sink into the earth, it doesn't cease to exist, it becomes crystal, precious stone. It's something that looks beautiful, it's something that we make jewelry out of mm -hmm. today, mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, something we mine. Right. We mine these roots of the crystal trees from underground. <laughs> Yes. Oh, yeah. And that's that's another thing. So these trees, uh, just to point out, on most of these pictures, you're going to see these hexagonal patterns, um, these pieces of bark, as you could call them. You're going to see them dip into the ground uh, very organically. They're not going to make any right angles or sharp turns into the ground, typically, unless they're broken off, um, which always happens with tree bark, right? Breaks off, it splinters, shatters. Sure. Um, no, these things feed straight into the ground. They flow down mm. yeah, into the so, ground. So you're talking about the hexagonal tubes now? Yes. Yes. So Devil's Tower is made up of what they call these chutes. The rock climbers call chutes. Devil's Tower is one of the most famous uh, places to climb um, because it has these I mean, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of these chutes that you can you can climb up, and they are almost all perfectly vertical, and they all fit together perfectly because they're hexagonal. And they all have a weird, um, different kind of rocks around each of these. Each of these chutes has like um, uh, like a coating, right? Almost like a fi a muscle fiber or a plant fiber has a fascia. These things have right, right. A, a coating and they flake off. The coatings flake off. It's weird. Just like a fascia would. I mean, everything about Devil's Tower appears to be a tree, a tree stump, remnants of a tree. If you if you put it next to to take a picture of Devil's Tower, put it next to a picture of a tree stump and you play that game that the Russian guy Pavel was saying, you know, find 10 differences. You can't. You really can't. And. Again, Devil's Tower, Devil's Tower is very famous because, A, not only is it uh, famous for climbing, it's famous because that's where the aliens were supposed to come. 
it ties into some more satanic stuff. Also, it was the very first uh, monument that President Roosevelt declared a national park. President Roosevelt. Roosevelt, yeah. Yes, that's true. It's the first national park declared under the, um, was it the New Deal? That was, that was, uh, no, no, that was, yeah, yeah, but this is Teddy Roosevelt. He's oh. the one that started the National Park Program. My bad, yeah, I, can't, I can't remember. One of them, one of them built the, zoos, the other one, yeah, right. The great conservationalist, right. Teddy yes. Roosevelt. Right. The enemy he, of banks and the great conservationalist. Sure, and what he was doing is he was putting a crystal tree somewhere where you really couldn't do any research on it anymore. You could just look at it. Exactly. The, the head of the bull moose party. Right, so... Devil's Tower looks like, I mean, you know, if, if you're, if you don't know what it is and you look at it, it looks like a cut down tree. Um, oh, yeah. No, back to the to the alien thing. Yeah, that's where uh, Close Encounters of the Third Kind. That's Steven Spielberg film, the very first huge alien contact movie, right? It's Devil's Tower. It's right there in the, um, right there on the, the, the promo Poster, the movie poster. It's Devil's Tower in the in the. Uh, it's where the aliens are going to come down. Right. Now, an interesting thing, um, interesting thing that I learned going through this Silicon Trees. One thing that I was, I was very excited about. Sorry, I just had a sip of coffee and I'm haven't eaten fine? too much, so I'm starting to get the coffee shakes. <laughs> are you um, really? One of the things that was very interesting to me was learning the possible size of Devil's Tower originally, and, and most of these. Um, and it's actually used, if, if you use the calculation of you know, tree stump to the actual height of a tree before it was cut down, we're talking a carbon tree, right? Diameter of the stump is about 120th of the whole tree. If we look at Devil's Tower, it's was it, 300 meters, so about 900 feet. I think he says it would if be we use, yeah what's that no you're right 900 feet go ahead yeah so if we use a period of about 7,000 6,000 years it would go over six kilometers in height at its at its tallest and going by those dimensions that is a young tree comparatively that's, three, that's almost four miles Right, so four miles high. And, but again, that's still a young tree because if you look at the one in Cape Town, South Africa, that one would be, let me see, this one's 30, is it 30 kilometers across? Yeah, it's, it's like those, so 30 kilometers across, it would be 60,000 kilometers high. Yeah, it would have been, it would literally be a world tree. Mm-hmm. Yes. I mean, it, it would have to be. It's just absolutely massive. Hold on, it's 20 is the, is the multiplier? Yes, 120th. 120th, okay, so 20. I'm sorry, it would be, uh, be 6,000, 6, not 60,000. Still. 6,000 miles, yeah, still. I mean, still nowhere, nowhere near... Um, Reaching the height of the firmament, of course. No, 
No, which is like that's I don't even remember what it's supposed to be like ninety five thousand or something miles. Something like that. Something yeah, like that. There, <laughs> so many people have anything from like five hundred miles to a hundred thousand. Yeah. Okay. So th- that's yeah. A hundred thousand makes more sense than than five hundred. Um. So Devil's Tower is made up of these hexagonal channels or strands, Bas- fibers, basalt, basalt, uh, yeah, basalt columns. Yes, basalt, basalt. columns. Yes, basalt. They're made of basalt. Um, and also, in Ireland, you have Giant's Causeway, which is also made up of these basalt columns. Uh, and you're like, well, you know, that's just the, scientis- the scientific explanation for that is that the magma just came, you know, through the crust and it just kept going and going and going and going. And when it cooled, that's how it cooled. Perfect. What about the location? It came like hexagonal Play-Doh. It pushed up like right. hexagonal Play-Doh right. and just and just froze that way. Even though every other, uh, even though every other demonstration of lava coming out of the Earth today comes out like mush, like goop. Just, yes, like goop. yeah, like. If yeah. you look at the volcanic fields in Hawaii, you see all the the smoothed over, cooled magma hills mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and depressions that are made. By it, it looks nothing like this. Don't tell me that millions of years are needed to get to this shape. It doesn't. That just doesn't happen. No, it doesn't happen like that. The stuff in Hawaii looks literally looks like just if you poured a bunch of asphalt down a hill. And this was, you know, right, and that's what it is. And I'm looking. That's literally what it is. I'm, if you right, if you look at these these basalt columns, there's the uh, where's the one from that. It looks like um, they're coming down towards the ground. I was just about to mention that. It's yeah. the 10th picture in my folder. Right. Um, Where is that it, location? I don't know. But if you look at that in the center of that picture, in the center of that picture, there is a section where they're all kind of the same length right there in the middle. And mm-hmm. it looks like, I mean, if it, was, if it was the right color, it looks like a honeycomb, exactly like a honeycomb. Those things fit together perfectly. Perfectly. Right. And they come down and they just stop and they, in and midair. They, just stop they don't as, go down to the ground. Right. It's like it was cut off there. And that actually brings up an interesting point, too. You know how a, a tree can naturally get hollowed out over many, many years? Mm-hmm. And things can start growing inside of it. Plants can start growing inside of a massive tree. This this picture, to me, looks like that, too. You see all the, the undergrowth, the trees that are starting to grow inside of it. And you can still see the the hexagonal columns at the very bottom in the center um mm-hmm. you can see that they're still there in into the ground but what we're looking at um that doesn't go into the ground the only explanation for scientists for scientism is the magma just stopped yeah it stopped and was cut off flat i mean those bottoms are f- flat i mean to to, to quote neil snake in the grass tyson chicken nuggets it's like that stuff is flat <laughs> when he talks about when he, when he talks about being two millimeters above the earth when he gives away that the earth is flat mm-hmm. he's like when you're up and that, that you're two millimeters up that stuff is flat yeah when you're Given four millimeters away. up too what are you when you're any millimeters up and he's telling you right there that you can't go very far with your two millimeters anyway he's a mason too by the way they Black all are. are always are, are always hilarious to me. Right, right. Anyway, yeah, so this looks like 
This definitely looks like cut off plant matter, which is really what it is. It's petrified trees, petrified crystal trees. Yeah, and I'll have to post it in the, the folder so that other people can see it too. Um, and it's in the video as well, but it's a cross section of a uh, stem of flax. Mm-hmm. And of course, look what's going from the middle all the way out. It's hexagonal shapes. As you get, uh, as you're in the middle, the hexagonal shapes are large. The core is very large, but as they move outward, they grow smaller and smaller and smaller. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're all so hexagonal as, and they all fit together perfectly. Right. And just like these fibers, they erode away over time. They do deteriorate because they are organic matter of a form, just not sure. carbon-based matter. And what we're left with are the cores. Mm-hmm. So imagine just how thick these things would have been even at the base a thousand years ago five thousand years ago thick with as two well. C's. <laughs> yes thick trees thick trees <laughs> thick yeah, silicone trees thick with tree two mommy C's. girlfriend <laughs> somebody in japan is going to hear that and is going to make a silicone tree waifu they're implying that there hasn't been already Great. Now my brother's going to hear this and go find it. He's already got it. Implying He's he doesn't already have already. it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's true. You're talking about your brother. He has here. a hard drive. Okay, so the ones from Australia. Now, you people are going to have to, listeners, you're going to have to go and look at these pictures because this is something you're going to have to look at and play, find 10 differences. You can't. You really can't. It's It's really hard. It's one of those things where I didn't want, you know, I didn't want to believe this. Like, I made fun of Sinead. Okay. I did the bit. I mean, that one in Greece where there's the house built into the side of it, by the way. Nice Tartarian architecture. (laughs) How'd you get that up there? How'd you build that up there way up in the middle of there? How did you get that up there? Right. Like, I'd like a really good explanation of how they got that up there. Exactly. Yes, please. Please, Occam's razor, guys. Sandal straps. Sandal straps. (laughs) That Dude, speaking of sandal straps, they don't... Like the rice paddy people that put that temple on top of that mountain that you posted in the Telegram chat. Oh yeah, that's if that's not insane. I I don't know that that can't be real. That's not real, is it? That that thing on top How of the. How long ago did I post that? Uh, it's the last thing you posted in the chat. Yeah, like oh the video while we were recording. Yeah, oh, you I were... thought you were getting at that. No, no, you posted a GIF in the. Uh, yeah, it's a no, video. That it's not a GIF. I, I just don't see it. Nope. The, I don't see it. I, I don't understand how that building got up on top of those two with the bridge. Up on top of the, that tree. That's a tree, by the way, that it's in. It's like a tree fort. That's what that That's is. That's right. I posted it. That's a tree it's fort. A, it's it's a weird GIF because the way the the way the it's stuff a video. It's a video. It's a video. Video. Yeah, it's a video. You see the little timer, the little countdown timer? That's a, that's a video. Gifts oh, don't have timers. Yeah. It's a drone video. It's a, yes, it is a drone video, but like... You could make it a GIF. That's a, you could, but it's not. That's amazing. to say that as much as possible. It's, he's doing it on purpose. That's, it's amazing that this tree, and there's a tree across the way. These are definitely trees. This is definitely trees. This doesn't look like mined out. I don't know. But it does kind of look like bark. Looking at the backside of that one as you're coming around. It does look oh, like yeah. bark, yeah. Well, they're not—they're not all going to look the same either. Well, how, um, how, how do you get there? Right. 
That's well. If you look, there's the stairs, right? The stairs go all the way down the right hand side of that one in the back. Fuck those! Fuck taking those fucking stairs. There's got to be thousand <laughs> stairs they're, they're, on your, that. Your fucking legs would be jacked as fuck if you had to take stairs like that. That's up why nobody fucks with these monks. Nobody fucks with these monks. These guys walk up and down the stairs once a month, and they have like the strongest legs ever. That bridge is amazing to me, though. The bridge yeah. between the two buildings. Yeah, I just don't see it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't see how you're going to get your your rice cart, your ox, your ox cart up there. Right. No, no rickshaw ramp. I do, I really I want to post this. I mean, I don't know how we're going to post this video. We can post a link to it or whatever in the um in the chat. You people have to. Ha- I can have at least to- save the video to my computer. And we can figure it out. Yeah, save the video. We'll figure it out. But, but this is one of those things where, like, we've had we've had people, you know, like try to take apart one of our Tartarian uh, theories with the whole Chateau Front Chateau Front Hole, Fontenoc, um, where they said that well, it was built over a long period of time, so therefore is totally doable way out in the middle. Well, that's no, that's what that's. What we even brought that up. It's like I'm supposed to believe that uh, four generations of human beings uh, built a cathedral, right? Cared about right, for, right? Well, I'm not even talking about the cathedral. We're talking about the hotel that's in along the railway in in Canada. One of the oh, did four generations build that hotel? It was like three generations, or whatever. Yeah, like three oh, generations of people right. care about that. Yeah, but that's not they the point. Okay, fine. Their ingenuity. You want to, you want to, yeah, ex- you want to explain that one away and give yourself a pat on the back because you think that that's a win there. It's not. But look at this one and explain this one. Explain this one away. Because room and board for strangers in my town is so important that me and my father and my grandfather built this hotel not just room and board for strangers but room and board for thousands of strangers there's more rooms in that hotel than there is in like the strip in vegas look guy you obviously don't know how many fur trappers were in canada at well, the time and it's just for the elites so elite and fur I want trappers. Them, well i want them to be very comfortable when they come by right elite fur trappers and elite fur trappers yes. there's a euphemism in there somewhere <laughs> there has to be okay back to the crystal trees so are we, this, this real is quick, a, are we uh, approaching a break? This is a yeah. true... F- uh, oh, wow. No, we're way into a break. Yeah, we're like 15 minutes in. Um, oh. Yeah, whatever. Who cares? It's a good show. Yes. That's so true. we have a, a Dogbot. You got a song for us from a listener. Yes. Uh, he has a band called Erratus Ver. And he is a listener, and his uh, wife and kids are also fans of the program. So uh, picked a song from his... He, he released a compilation of his demos from last year, and the song is called Like Leaves. It's pretty badass. You're going to like it. We'll be back.
right, everybody, we're back. This is still the Paranormies. I'm still Johnny Monoxide with Dogbot and Reinhardt. We are talking about the crystal trees. Um, I'm sure you by now a lot of people have turned this off and they're like, yeah, yeah, whatever. They finally lost it. Um, again, this is not something that I ever wanted to admit that was true. And there is a very, very, very distinct possibility of this being absolutely 100% true um, based on evidence that you can see with your own eyes. I think that's actually, yeah, I think it's a better evidence, you know, but, the, but, but science has told us not to trust our lion eyes, Reinhardt. Well, and I think they're right. They're just right about, they're just right for the wrong reasons. Hmm. Don't trust your lying eyes, which means don't trust what the scientists tell you to look at. Ultimately, hmm. uh, they're, they're really just telling you to, it's misdirection. It's look at it this way, not this way. Oh, it definitely um, is misdirection. If, so, which we've talked about many, many times before. Um, holy crap. I just saw, I'm looking at this one picture of Giant's Causeway. Mm-hmm. Um, if you scroll down on this link to the Giant's Causeway section, scroll down a little further, you're going to see Volcano. Um, you're going to see what the cooled magma looks like. And I'll put this in the mega two so people can compare and look right below that to the picture looking up at giants causeway from the water or from the beach. Uh, oh yeah. That's magma bullshit. Well, it almost looks computer generated. It looks like, yeah. a, it, it looks like some kind of strange platform video game level you know, on from like Nintendo 64. <laughs> it is yeah. literally a masterpiece of geometry, like perfectly fit together. It's almost like it's, it's almost like the stones at, uh, what was it? Pumpu Punku, you know, it's almost like the Incans did this. So, so what is the <laughs> natural benefit of the hexagonal shape in nature? Well, there's a lot um, it is the strongest um, shape physically, uh, and it also provides the most room with the least amount of building material. All right. Yes. And these hexagonal shapes, which, by the way, hexagon as in, you know, black cube of Saturn, um, <laughs> just had to throw that out there. No, hexagons are found all over nature. All over the place. One of the simplest um, uh, uh, things to look at, or the simplest example, sorry, I couldn't think of the word, uh, would be, let's say, the, the honeybee colony. Yes. That's Bee the most colony. famous. That's, that's probably the most famous. Oh, definitely. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they, they have this perfectly uh, constructed system, this perfectly constructed civilization within this pattern, uh, which occurs naturally by instinct in nature by these honeybees. Uh, and this hexagonal shape occurs everywhere in molecules, in cells. Um, this is part of the building blocks that make our carbon world. Would, right. would you say the next best example might possibly be the snowflake? Well, the snowflake is made of hexagonal figures or shapes. 
Uh, right. Yeah. Right. And there no again, no two snowflakes are identical. However, they are all made up of this hexagon shape and in many, many millions of different forms. Um, yeah, and this is and we're talking about frozen water. We're talking about a, a state change of water that takes this form mm-hmm. in yes. the atmosphere, in yes. the firmament. I mean, that is absolutely incredible. I've heard it. Said many times, and I've probably said it before. Nature doesn't just create these shapes. No, it does, because our nate, our world, our created world, is built on mathematical and structural principles. Well, here's and well, nature follows those. Right, and absolutely, and uh, but dude, bees don't know math. How do bees know math? Bees, not knowing mathematics at all, have correctly identified. That a hexagon has the smallest perimeter among an equal area figure, right? Right, so, and they can make their homes as spacious as possible while using as little beer building material, like you mentioned, Johnny. Right, as little wax as possible. They get the most bang for the buck without knowing math. How the hell bees don't do math? I mean, I don't care well, what, I, what Woody Allen I, says. but I mean, I think European bees know that 13% of the African <laughs> bees do 50% of the bee crime. I mean, well, the problem isn't really that the 13%, it's the 2% of the large-nosed bees that are overrepresented. The large stinger. The uh, large-nosed, yes, the large stinger. They're not the really large stinger. It's, it's the more... The mimics. The mimics, yeah. The they don't, mimics. They don't yeah, really have... They don't have a stinger, per se. They have what appears to be a stinger, but it's more of a suction device. So they're mimicking bees. But there's only 2%. They're, they're supposedly only 2% of the bee population, but they seem to be freaking everywhere. Have you noticed that? Like, That's true. Yeah. yeah. yeah and you weird. know, these, these honeybees, the European ones especially, you know, I've, I've, I've seen that they, while they may or may not know math, we really can't speculate on that. Um, well, we could speculate, but we can't confirm it. Um, what they do have is gumption and bootstraps. Bee straps. Bee straps. Bees, I beat you to Bee it straps. this time. I got it for once. You guys did not beat me to the joke. I I don't know. I I was right there with you. I think it was like jinx. It was like a one-two punch. It was a jinx, but I but uh, but you got to account for my internet lag too. So I think Bee I went. Wow, pulling that out. Yeah, <laughs> I'm using I'm using the lag as. <laughs> <laughs> but seriously though, it is amazing that. This hexagon is in nature everywhere, in the micro and the macro, like they like to say. You can see it in the honeycombs. You can see it in the cells. You can see it um, in our cells, in plant cells, in bone cells, in these crystal trees. Well, and in, in geographical surveying and, um, and map making, cartography, a lot of times a, a hexagon is used for a unit of measurement for a map or mm-hmm. the world. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you ever play um, anything from Settlers of Catan to Risk, uh, the map can be divided using hexagons. Very efficiently, too. That's the thing. Yes. The hexagon is the most efficient design. Take and, that, Pythagoras. And the strongest guess. Yes, suck it, Pythagoras. <laughs> Insert. I think, the, I think the triangle was just a... a uh, Kind of a compensation. The golden ratio, guys. Come on. Now, hang on. Ugh. The golden ratio is actually a thing because a lot of these fit into the Fibonacci sequence. 
That anyway. is also true. Yeah. Wow, we should see about golden ratio with some of these. Mm-hmm. There has to be. There has to be some. I mean, it's nature. Like if you look at the one is uh, from the beach looking up. That's that's Devil's Causeway, right? Below the yes. uh, yeah, that Giants is, Causeway. Giants. I'm sorry, Devil's. I'm looking at Devil's Tower and Giant, Giants Causeway. Looking up. Giants, Devils, same thing. Right. It's ridic- That's ridiculous to say that that was magma that just stopped and hardened off. That's flat. That is looks like somebody hacked at it with an axe like you know like it's a tree stump that got hacked at a few times with a chainsaw i'm i'm a little i'm a little shocked that we managed to talk about the fibonacci sequence and johnny didn't bring up tool you just did yeah dude why'd you you're like i wasn't gonna do that and then you went and did the thing (sighs) yeah back to the hexagon um yes and one of one of the one interesting thing i do want to point out um uh, we have the dr- biggest dried salt lake in the world. It's Sala de, de Uyuni in Bolivia. Wait, say so, that again? What? Salar what? de Uyuni. Salar de Uyuni. It's Good. not only the biggest it's not only the biggest salt <laughs> dry dried salt lake, it is also a great example of no curvature. That too. By the way. Also, a natural occurrence because this salt lake is totally dry. Its land has cracked into a hexagonal pattern. Mm-hmm. It's Naturally. amazing. Yep. But a Reinhardt, when things dry, they crack. Normally, I mean, just like, have you never seen dried mud? It cracks. Like, dude, BTFO, right? No, wrong. Mud, dried mud cracks into thousands of different shapes chips and squares and triangles and you know uh, octagons and weird hexagons and all kinds of different shapes this is perfectly fit together hexagons with raised edges raised edges what's with the raised edges i can't even imagine walking across this thing and, and feeling each of these these uh perfect puzzle pieces mm-hmm. they race cars astounding. they race cars and stuff on these these places that's got to be pretty cool. sweet yeah, I mean like the blue flame do you remember that do you remember the you know, jet car do you know why they race on these things because it's they're com- perfectly flat they're perfectly flat yeah uh, do you know what they probably were one uh, I mean, there were, you know, they're obviously silicon and salt, right? Like, like they were a, um, they were a, a creature made of salt. They were most likely what we would consider like coral. Interesting. Yeah. Living organism. Living. It was a living organ, organism at one time. Yeah. A salt organism. So if you look and at coral, like, you know how, when you see dried coral, what, what it looks like, it's like, you know, the, the, the bony, spiny part or whatever. Well, the, when it was alive, it's like poofy and soft and pretty and iridescent and glows under blacklight, you know, just like the stuff in Avatar. But yeah, so this was, these were, what this was, was a gigantic salt reef or whatever it was. It, it, when, it, when it was petrified, it turned into salt. Maybe, maybe it looked back, maybe it looked back at Sodom and Gomorrah when it was getting burned, but I don't know. Um, <laughs> But this is huge, and it was most likely, like I said, like a coral-type organism that was huge. It's definitely, I mean, it's definitely not uh, dried mud, 
you know, and if you look all the raised edges definitely give the appearance of how um, plant matter does when you cut, like when you cut a piece of celery or something and you leave it and it dries out a little bit and like, you know, you leave like the, uh, the broken, if you break off the thing, you can see where it shrinks back a little bit. Right. And the fascia sticks out and the center of it shrinks back a little. That's what this is. This looks like a cut off plant. Like somebody just raised this thing to, to its core and like scraped right. all the meat off of it. No, that's the thing is it's like they, they scraped off the, the top layer, you know, top soil mm-hmm. or like when they're doing, okay. Imagine like they're doing road work on the interstate, you know, and they peel up all the old, all the old stuff on top. Yeah. With the asphalt eater. Yes. That's basically what we're living on right now. An asphalt eater. No, the, the dugout remains that the asphalt eater has left for us. Oh, well, I can see that. So really, we really are on a continent wide strip mall. Uh, we are on a realm wide, uh, dugout mind quarry so where'd it go well there's a lot of stone buildings there's a lot of stone buildings that use silicon that use quartz as well Mm -hmm. um part of the reason for so all right silicon turns into quartz right that's its purest form and silicon itself is used in technology even today it's actually used in chips, computer chips, things that are in your phone, that are in your PC, in your television. The the rare earth minerals that uh, you know, the like the three trillion dollars of rare earth minerals that we left behind in Afghanistan. Right. For- yes. Right. So all of this, and I'm not saying that you know thousands of years ago giants mined this, and now we have iPhones, but clearly silicon and quartz have. Um, uh, electrical capabilities. They have right. use in technology, in powerful technology. I think technology far beyond, you know, what an iPhone can do. We're talking uh, technology like directed energy weapons or gigantic mining. I believe uh, the machines. I believe the base of the Pyramid of the Sun in uh, Mexico is made out of some kind of quartz. If I'm not mistaken, yes. Like there's a lot, like a lot of the, a lot of the. Uh, pyramids and stuff in in that complex are made out of a a quartz found only in the area. So it's supposed to have electrical properties whenever you visit. Like you you can feel it. You feel the energy in the air. Oh yeah, especially around the Yucatan and the Caribbean. There's a lot of remnants of quartz structures. Mm-hmm. Um, one story that I've told a few times uh, back in the 70s off Bimini Road, there was a diver who. Uh, came across he was diving deep and he came across a sunken structure and he went inside the structure it turned out to, you know it looked to him like a temple or, or the top of some kind of sunken pyramid and he went inside and he found a bunch of statues found the walls were lined with what appeared to be quartz or crystal of some kind um, and he found you know statues in there and he found one that ended up being a quartz ball like a crystal ball um, felt a, a an electromagnetic disturbance is, is the only way he could describe it. He's a very intelligent scientist by you know, admission, whatever. Um, but he felt a very electromagnetic and spiritual disturbance in the place. Um, and he took the ball and felt some kind of anger, some kind of heat. 
that was coming from it. So all that to say, these areas that are hotspots of uh, quartz structures and materials and technology, there's power there. So I definitely think the ancients knew this. The the ancients, as in before any period of Adamic man, and even in the early stages of Adamic mankind. Hmm. And that power could have been used not just for mining, but also for warfare. Right. I think the theory goes is that um, these were resources that were mined for the war between the Watchers and God, uh, the Fallen Ones in... Uh, in uh, Michael's army, right? Yeah, that was something I started thinking about as I went into this. And this is a lot of speculation on my part. So, you know, everybody who's listening, please just bear with me. Um, but yeah, we've got multiple rebellions that happened. Um, one, you know, it's hard to date them, near impossible. Um, but at least one happened probably before or concurrent with the Garden of Eden and Adam's creation, um, which I think probably was when the world was silicon based. Um, and then that one I'd like to focus on, you know, it was an entirely different realm than we have today, obviously. And I think that all of this mining went towards resources for war, war and power and building. Um, because what do you need when you're waging a war? You need resources, right? So right. let me, let me, uh, ask you real quick. Is this the golden age when, uh, mankind only need to, only needed to absorb energy from the sun before we even had to start consuming food. That's possible. Yeah, it's very possible. Um, when we were talking earlier about the bonding of silicon and oxygen and the essentially hyperbaric chamber that would have been created realm-wide inside the firmament, uh, we're talking incredible physiological differences. Um huge lifespans, um, absolutely incredible body strength. Um, these would have been, these people would have been superhuman compared to us, um, just simply because of the nature of the realm that they lived in. So I definitely believe that the mythologies of the golden age, uh, kind of like the golden age of Kronos mm -hmm. that, uh, Greek mythology has, I believe Herodotus is the one who wrote about the five ages. I think this is uh, partially what he was talking about, corrupted memory. Mm. You know, what's amazing is that those people who had all that amazing technology and, um, you know, they lived amazingly long lives and all this stuff and something happened and now here we are, the devolved remnants. Yeah, we're the carbon base. We're the weaker right. ones. Right, it's like, what, well, like, the hell happened? With yeah, with microplastics in our bloodstream. Right, but it's like, how the hell... How the how the hell did, did did that did that happen? Like they were, you know, so much better, or you know, were they? Or were they well, it's the thing, yeah. Um, apply that same logic to uh, the angelic beings. You know, our elder brothers, essentially mm -hmm. uh, created in the image of God. They were they're better than us physically in pretty much every way. They're more powerful than us. They're mm -hmm. essentially gods, mm -hmm. for lack of yeah. a better term. The chopping. The chopping down of the crystal trees and its consequences have been a disaster for the human race. Um, that's the real shit. Well, I, the thing is, is that's chicken egg sort of thing, though, isn't it? If the crystal trees never got chopped down, there would be no human race. No carbon-based human race, at right. least. Right, right. 
That's what I meant. There would be no carbon-based human race. Yes. An, in- an interesting thing uh, that I was thinking as well, and again, speculation, um, the very existence of carbon-based humanity actually kind of meshes well with uh, the story of Christ and you know God, God becoming man. God chose the weaker man, Adam, the carbon man, to have dominion over the world. Above everything else. Above As opposed else. to the Silicon Man? As opposed to, yeah, the Silicon Man. Hell, for all I know, angelic beings could be Silicon beings. Right. That's that's kind of what I always sort of assumed, is that the angelic beings were the Silicon beings. Well, yeah, we have the, the blue-eyed, blonde-haired Nordic aliens mm-hmm. uh, that look just like us, but they're very tall, they're superhuman. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> the, the Pleiadians. Yeah, that, that could be where it comes from, where they come from. I met a chick that thinks she's a Pleiadian. Oh boy, oh boy you get into those circles, oh and it's it's just weird, isn't yeah. it? Oh, speaking of Pleiadians, somebody sent me a thing on Threema, and it's uh, it's it's a very, basically other than the the Venus and Pleiades part, the whole entire rest of the blog makes complete sense. <laughs> It's, you have to send it to me. I, I will. I will. It's it's ridiculous, but it's a very long. Um, that's where I got the um, the NPR voice from the other day, because the woman who reads the blog reads it in an NPR voice. Oh boy! Yeah, and, and there's no way to speed it up to like the 1.5 or 2.0 speed at all. It's just one speed. So there's nothing you can do. So you have to listen to it in the NPR thing. But See, the good. only way that I can listen to the you aren't on videos now is listening to them at like 1.5, and he actually talks normally. How do about, you can you do the videos on Telegram at 1.5? Uh, I can on desktop, I don't believe you can on I, okay. I can on my phone. I've, I've, I've tried to figure it out. Okay, you can yeah. do it on so desktop. Frustrating. Okay, yeah, I just put it in windowed mode on desktop, and the window stays up no matter what you're doing, mm-hmm. um, even if you're in another program, All right? And, just, and then you can, yeah, up the tempo, yeah, where's how do you put it into windowed mode, actually? Um, so you open any video, like take the video that I posted in prep chat. Yep. And it'll open up like almost full screen and look down at the control area and you'll have the full screen option and then you see the little mini window option. Okay. And it'll put it off that. to the side. All right. And, and you can that. you can right. resize it too. Oh, cool. All right. Yeah, that's cool. how I've been doing all this. Nice. All right. Well, back to the back to the crystal silicon world. So yes. basically, what we saw in Avatar is revelation of the method of what this place used to look like. I think so. I mean, we see those sprawling. I don't know how many times or how recently, or if you guys have seen it at all. Um, but I enjoy the movie just for the striking imagery that's in it and even now more than more than ever i went back and rewatched it after going through all of this and it's a world just covered in trees um obviously has oceans too but just covered in trees both you know what we would consider normal size for let's say a rainforest but also these sprawling gigantic uh trees that are used as uh they're used as homes mm-hmm. and yeah. uh one of the interesting points about these trees all across this world, their roots are connected to a system much like an internet system, much like the synapses in uh, the natives brains 
and they're actually able to tap into this system. It's through their weird gay ponytail in the movie, which I thought was just a creepy, Jewy thing, but very sexual too. Yeah. Um, but definitely raises some interesting points on the root systems that we see in the, the tunnel systems that we see under the earth and the ability of humans at one point to really connect with creation in an, in a, a different way than we think. Um, I thought, I thought the movie was a decent remake of the cartoon Fern Gully. I thought it was a good space Pocahontas. Yeah. <laughs> Why not it's, both? Why not both? It's truly bizarre how a movie of such a scale for when it was released and and such a big deal was made out of it has had such a little like cultural impact. Oh, I know. And James yeah. Cameron's been stringing everybody along for like 12 years now with the the It's been three that sequels. long. Back to back. Yeah. It's been that long. Oh man, I like I remember making a big deal out of getting to go see this movie because I, I thought I really thought it was gonna be just really badass. And I, I remember walking out of there and my son's like, Dad, what's wrong? I was like, that was really just an okay movie. <laughs> like, we're, st- we're still talking about Avatar. Yeah, and it was the last movie that I paid for the 3D glasses and all that, like the oh, IMAX. Oh, okay, so you went all out, yeah. Won't get yeah. again. I saw it. I hadn't seen it until about a year ago, actually, maybe a year and a half ago. I, re- I just didn't watch it because I was also on Twitter at the time that you know it, it came out and whatever, and it was... Like you said, it was a good adaptation of the cartoon Fern Gully. And so I was like, well, I don't want to, I really don't care to see that. I really don't care. And plus my aliens and all that, right? So I didn't watch it. And then when I finally watched it, I actually enjoyed it. So it wasn't, it wasn't terrible. I am a really bad person to watch movies with because, (laughs) you know. It's not shocking to anybody who's listening to this broadcast right now. No. No, none of us are probably great to watch movies with. I'm, I'm going to say I've gotten better. You've gotten better. better. Yeah, but I, I, yeah, but there are definitely people who might be listening to this right now going, the fuck you have. (laughs) (laughs) I've always, see, I always was interested in the, just the world. Mostly I, I didn't care much for the story. It was like, all right, side sidebar here. I cared more about the actual world itself. And maybe that's why it immediately jumped out to me when I was doing this, uh, all this rabbit trailing. Right. Um, but I think that it definitely is a, a big revelation of the method uh, film as far as this goes in the, the pre-hidden history realm. Mm-hmm. Um, also, it goes into uh, a little bit of the revelation of the method of, is this just a first-person player game that I'm in? Also, it, okay, so the main character, no? if I remember correctly, is a cripple? Yes. Yes. Okay, so, like, that was part of the narrative. What, like, that that was part of the, you know, oh, like, you could, uh, it's a, yeah, you yeah. could be a non-cripple on the other side yeah. of the avatar, right? You could be, yeah, and, like, uh, that, tra- that, tra- that tranny Sigourney Weaver's in it, too, right? Like, did I remember yes. that correctly? Yes, okay. she's, like, the big bad mama. 
Yeah, so like corporations bad because mm-hmm. it's like an evil corporation to come in and uh, do bad things to world, environment. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I remember I, I remember leaving going wow that was just like a big old like climate change propaganda film. Well, when they released the DVD for it on Earth Day, I remember. They tried to make it. Yes, Yes, of course, because of course it is. They tried to make it into a big like environmentalist gay thing and it didn't really didn't really work out the way they wanted it to. They did release the DVD on Earth Day that still didn't help. And and he used the money to purchase a submarine so he could go to the bottom of Earth's original riverbeds. Yes, the Marianas Trench. Crazy. Mm-hmm. Which is probably one of the largest mining quarries on Earth. Really, this whole ring of fire with all its volcanic activity, all of its mountain ranges, well, quote, mountain ranges um, and quarries. I mean, imagine part of this also requires people to understand that the continents that we have now, uh, they did not, the world did not look like this in this time of the crystal trees. No. We did not have, we were not 75% water. Um, Imagine the world as 80% land covered with trees. Honestly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's large kind of imagery. And not just, not just trees like you see now and not just even the redwoods of California, the sequoias or whatever. No, those are, those are just a reminder of, see, that's what people think of when you think of like fairy forest and whatever. Right. It's like the, the giant redwoods and whatnot. No, bigger. Think much bigger. So you're saying that after all the trees were cut down, then all the water was created? Well, uh, were you going to say something, Johnny? I was going to inhale. <laughs> I was going to I was going to say uh, after. Yeah. After the trees were cut down, they mined all the rest of that land down to where it's at now. And that would be what would be the Nephilim sinning against the earth. And God had about enough of that and boom flood. Now we have oceans. Okay. And and part of it goes into um, uh, Dr. Walt Brown's hydroplate theory, uh, which I posted a video in the prep and and I could post that video to uh, Johnny for you to put on the the website. Uh, Really, really good stuff. um, But talks about the plate tectonics that, possibly would have occurred during the flood era um we hear about you know the rains coming down and the waters coming up out of the deep um well the waters coming up out of the deep would have been far more salinized than the waters that most people had known at that time we would have we would have had little to no saltwater oceans um, because saltwater is not conducive to the growing of organic matter at least not that we know um no, well, okay. Trees. <laughs> Trees and soil. Well, coral reefs, uh, there were schools and schools and schools of more fish before we started, you know, uh, industrializing fishing. Oh, yeah. That's, right. Yeah. That's a whole other, that's a whole other thing, though. So, so when the flood happens, you have the waters bursting forth from the deep, and it's actually um, these plates are broken apart through the water bursting out 
through the cracks in the crust that were already there. Um, this salt water comes in and fills all these valleys of scarred land. So look at look at the picture I posted, and that's the uh, topographical map. And just look at the Pacific, all right, where all those quarries and trenches are, everything. Imagine all of that is land, and then all this water bursts out from inside, from the abyss, fills in all this area that we call the Pacific Ocean now, uh, burying just absolutely everything. Well, if, if you look at the, that topographical map of the Earth, and you have running from California down, you know, South America, then it makes a westerly turn around underneath Australia. That's just like striated rock, which looked like it was cut with machines. It looks like it was cut with the machines from freaking Avatar or the machines that we use today. Right. The giant, <laughs> across the giant cuttlefish across Africa and in Australia. The, uh, yeah. And then, then you have the big mountain range, quote mountain range, that has Iceland as a peak. And it goes down and around through in between Europe and North America, between Africa and South America. And then it spreads out below South Africa. But if you look, it's the same thing. It's all these striations and what looks like cut lines as opposed to naturally formed, quote, naturally formed structures or um, features. Right. And what goes hand in hand with this as well. Uh, we had mentioned the Devil's Root or Devil's Tree Root System. Mm-hmm. So we have all of these tunnels that spread just under the Earth, far under the Earth, um, at all different levels across the world. Many of them are connected. I would venture to say most of them are connected. The ones that seem like they're not are probably just collapsed in many areas, um, and they're separated. Also, you know, given the fact that salt water filled in all of these mines and everything definitely disconnected a lot of these tunnel systems right. these tunnel systems a lot of them are filled with quartz they're mm-hmm. filled with crystal mm-hmm. they're remnants of silicon or silica right so they're like crystal tree roots exactly these crystal tree roots interesting thing is interestingly enough they're filled with sedimentary rock they actually give off uh, what's called kerogen and kerogen upon being heated, turns into oil. And this is where we get the whole dinosaurs become oil because uh, they're made from once-living organisms. That's that's that whole BS. It's not dinosaurs. It's not fossil fuels. Um, <laughs> this piece of oil, this supply of oil, because I also am starting to really believe in the abiotic oil theory, could possibly come from these trees being petrified into sedimentary rock. And they give off still methane and oil, just like carbon trees do. Because carbon trees give off methane. Okay. You can actually drill into one. I did not um, know that. Yep, you can drill into one. You can actually drain oil out of them. I saw a video while I was going through all of this. Drilled into a tree stump and actually had a bucket full of oil and then just held a lighter up to the hole, ignited it, and the methane actually shot it out like a flamethrower. Hmm. Uh, so these seams of kerogen, oil, uh, coal seams throughout these root systems, these mining uh, trenches and quarries, uh, that would have caused extreme heat. Uh, eventually, that could have combusted. 
at one point and caused ridiculous amounts of destruction. Okay. So think of it like they dug too deep at one point and set something off. Now, it sounds a lot like volcanic activity, doesn't it? Right. And well, that, that one story you were telling about the the lighter against the hole in the methane, it uh, reminds me of some stuff that we tried to do you know, when we were teenagers, and uh, it, I don't recommend it. Yeah, I don't recommend anybody try that either. Surprised you it have facial hair, Dogbot. Well, that's weird, because I, I was talking about trying to light a fart. And it's not it's not a good idea. Yeah. I was no. I, I was picking up what you were putting down. Right. He was wasn't too, though. Uh, you know, no, I was too, but never you know what, never mind. <laughs> oh, was that never your mind. second dad joke for the for the episode? I don't think it was yes. a dad joke. It was a bad joke. Same thing. Yes. So no, there's a big difference. Dad jokes are great. <laughs> All right. Um so back to this Anyways, this so- carriagen this carriagen in the coal seams and um and volcanoes now, but volcanoes exist all over earth though. There's, there's volcanoes everywhere, right? They're these mountains, which are almost every single time, uh, by themselves solitary, right? They're usually not like in a big chain other than the ones under, under the sea. Then you have chain volcanoes, but above ground, it's, I don't know of any, I could be wrong, but I don't know of any volcanoes that are, uh, part of a chain of mountains and most volcanoes are by themselves Vesuvius by itself, Mount St. Helens by itself. Um, and what they, what those really are, which makes more sense is a giant pile of mining waste that has chemical compounds in it that when mixed just burn. And sometimes those burns explode like a compost pile that can spontaneously combust in your backyard, which has happened. It actually happened to us last summer. Uh, my compost was on fire. I had no idea what to do with it. I was just like, I stirred it up until it went out. But I was like, that is both simultaneously cool. And uh, I hope I don't burn down the house. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah, that's, yeah. I'm like, cool. Fire for no reason. Also. Uh, yeah. Right. Right. The beavis in me is like cool fire. You know, <laughs> And then like, and I remembered that I have, have kids and I can't burn the house down. So. <laughs> and, and a wife. Anyway, well, yeah. Yes. Thanks for that. Yes. Well, and one thing, talking about mountains and volcanoes, uh, that this guy Pavel brings up uh, that I thought was quite interesting. I kind of skimmed through it at first, but then I kind of started going back, back through it. Um, the rocks of our planet are the bodies of the silicon world. All of them. That's at least what he's getting at is that stone, rock, is the bridge between the silicon and the carbon world. When we see these mountains, yes, they are debris. They're petrified compost, essentially, Mm -hmm. um, at this point. And it's possible that these petrified bodies, whether they look like titans or not, if they're blown apart, that they still give off the little bit of energy that they can, that silicon inherently gives off, that they emit. Like magnetic rocks is what you're saying. Right. Let's say Mount Fuji comes to mind. Uh, there's massive deposits of iron underneath it, and they say that's what makes uh, compasses go haywire. Well, it could be a massive deposit of iron, sure. It could also be the fact that 
It's a silicone carbon petrified hybrid, a remnant. Sure. Left over. So behind, you... behind my work, they have these large uh, piles of rubble uh, for different reasons. And one of them is a, you know, gravel, not the biggest size of gravel, not the smallest, that sort of in between that you would put in like a, that you would put like on a driveway out in the country or something. Mm -hmm. And it's really strange, uh, like standing back from it at a certain vantage point at looking at these piles and uh, the nature around it has sort of retaken some of these piles. They've been sitting there so long. So you have these weeds and nature and birds and stuff, you know, like living in these piles. It's like, well, you could just see that on a larger scale and just as easily call it a mountain. You know, it, you know, how much more, how, how much more time after human beings have left this pile of gravel alone, would it become something like that? Right. I, I mean, it didn't take very long for this pile to get reclaimed by a couple baby crepe myrtles and, you know, like sunflower plants, et cetera. And birds are nesting in it and lizards and everything are climbing in and out of it. It's just, I mean, you know, it'll be indistinguishable from another hill in probably 20 years. You know, so like on a larger scale, these debris fields that we call that we call mountains, you know, some of them, it, it, it's just it. It's not shocking that eventually they get covered with dirt and then plants and then wildlife, yeah. etc. Right, and some of them that are clearly like mined, like if you look at like the Grand Canyon or um, whatever that canyon is, it looks just like the Grand Canyon in Iran and the one that looks just like it in Australia, where all the uh, the lines are cut. And it looked like they're cut into the rock. But no, that's just erosion. Hey, the dog bite. Remember I was always talking about when I was driving back and forth through Ohio, that one stretch of mountains where I'm like, it looks like they were cut out of the rock. Like the lines were cut out of the rock all the way up the mountain. Yes. I, I'm looking at that now as that is mine. Remember, I was, and I said there's one that looks like a pyramid, and I always wanted to take a picture of it, and I never did because I was always doing like 75 miles an hour around that turn. Um, but... Seeing that stuff, like like the 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 highway routes that are cut through mountains, those are just like either old mining routes or that we've paved over. But those, like, you can clearly see that those mountain walls are cut with a machine. Like, there's there's no other explanation for it. Yeah, dude, totally. Like last year when I was driving to West Texas. Uh, uh, going down I-20 about an hour after leaving Fort Worth, there's these basically mesas on both sides of the highway, and you start looking at them like I started looking at them differently last year, and you know, I was just thinking about it. I was like, could those be either melted buildings or now are could they have been formerly large trees? They're just the stumps. Right. And, and it's and why not both? Because those things are not necessarily mutually exclusive. 
Actually, that's correct. I mean, if if stone that we know today, if boulders and rocks that we know today didn't really exist and they're remnants of that silicon world that uh, was once lived in and destroyed and mined, um, why wouldn't they use those remnants to build their cities, the people of old all the way up to now? Right. Why not? And why not use the debris lying around from the petrified titans and megafauna and trees? Right. And think about this: all the ancient cities and modern cities, for that matter, are all mostly made of stone. Uh, most of the older cities, the star forts, uh, the um, all another structure, always made of stone. There's so much stone structures throughout this realm that are still standing. That are remnants of, of you know the crystal trees and the, the just the silicon um, era really. Right, we are literally living in the hollowed out shell, the corrupted. We're we're living in a post apocalypse. Honestly, that's mm. how I view it. You know the those post apocalyptic stories and comics. You know where it's this big sprawling dead world and there's like one guy walking across a desert and everything's Mad Max just dead type stuff. Yeah. That's essentially what we're living in. We've just turned it into a metropolis now. Is it really a, a metropolis or is it more of like a scrapyard? Well, I mean, metropolis, I consider to be an inherently negative. Ah, okay. Term. Fair enough. Yeah. Fair enough. <laughs> a scrapyard metropolis. Well, it sounds like a, like a industrial project. I think it was. Yeah, I think I think Scrapyard Metropolis is actually the name of a skinny puppy song. That's completely possible. <laughs> are you memeing or are you being are you being No, I'm not sure if he's No, might. but they actually yeah. do have a song called Scrapyard and it's pretty good. Okay. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. But um, Scrapyard Metropolis might be the episode name. Scrapyard Metropolis. <laughs> the crystal trees have been cut down. <laughs> <laughs> the oceans are filling up with salt water. <laughs> Who cut all the crystal trees down? It's starting to sound like that old Trogdor song from like 2005. Yeah. I know what you mean. That's pretty much every ministry song ever, though. Fair enough. Yeah. <laughs> Al Jorgensen. All right. That's... Oh. I think I hurt myself with that one. I hurt my throat. Um, so, yeah. So, I think this is as schizo as we've gone in a long time. However, it actually makes a lot of sense when you really look at it. Looking at these tree stumps, these massive mesas, these tabletops, you know, that are just randomly strewn about, about Earth. You know, like for no reason. I mean, it's all happened to look like trees. And it's not, not all of them. And that's the thing is not all of them are perfectly cut down because a lot of the mountains that we call mountains aren't debris piles. Some of them are actual broken crystal trees. Like they were blown out when supposedly were, there was some sort of what we would consider a nuclear war or nuclear blast or some sort of blast that blasted everything down. But, right, like you see the the stump of a burned out tree or one that just got obliterated, um, and it looks just like these craggy mountains that are, you have like in Switzerland or uh, all over the world. The Appalachians, I, are like I, that. 
I have I have to make a little addendum though, Johnny. I I have been told that our most schizo take uh, recent one is that Morgan Freeman is Jimi Hendrix. That 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 is what. That That's a bridge, a bridge too far. far? That was really? a bridge too far. Yeah, that was a uh, that was somebody in my Twitter DMs whose uh, message I did not accept. Uh, I, I I don't I don't know if it's still in that that non accepted folder, you know. But uh, yeah, I remember that one from months back. I was they were like, you know, you guys, uh, you know, I used to like you guys, you know, la, 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 you know the the whole like, uh, you, you know, the whole like. You guys are great, but right and here comes the <laughs> shaming. Yeah, but it's always like a paragraph, right? And it, like explaining like how long, you know, how long they've been listening and everything. And it's like, and then you know, like almost fanning your balls. But then they get to the butt, and the butt was there's no way Morgan Freeman was Jimi Hendrix. You know what? Here. I don't even care I, I, at this I, point here's, now. Here's the thing. Here's here's the ultimate proof that I found out. Guess what? What? Morgan Freeman mm-hmm. also plays guitar left-handed. We said that on the show. Yeah. I, we said that Did on the we? show. Yeah. Because yeah. th- that's part of the well, that's part of the the um uh the electric company thing when Morgan Freeman first came on, he basically looked exactly like Jimi Hendrix and he played guitar left-handed on the electric company which was like right after Jimmy quote died. Amazing. It's, Morgan it's just, Freeman yeah. is Jimi Hendrix. What? Morgan Freeman Morgan. is Jimi Hendrix. Yeah, yeah. And honestly, like, like it doesn't surprise any, like none of this stuff should surprise anybody, but it still does. It's amazing to me. And they've also made him God and president. Right. Uh, in different movies. Right. So like, no, Jimmy, Hend- how many times have you heard Jimmy Hendrix is God, man. Like, okay. Um, Eric Clapton, how does it feel to be the greatest guitar player in the world? I wouldn't know. I'm not Jimi Hendrix. Dude, he's been Cuck. speaking out against the vaccine. Who? Old, Eric Clapton? Clapton, yeah. yeah. Well, all right. All right, whatever. He'd still let his Looking kid fall off. clock the right twice a day. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but that's the thing is, even Eric Clapton, you know, t- gave Jimi Hendrix the god position of guitar player at the time. So yeah, j- definitely. Jimi Hendrix, Morgan Freeman, same guy. I can't stand Eric Clapton. Is that okay? That's fine. I don't like him either. Yes. You know, I went to I went to Guitar Center today for like five minutes, and I played a Strat, and I remembered why I don't like Strats anymore. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I always tried to play like like I, I if I'm playing blues, I can do it on on a Les Paul style guitar. I don't, something about a Strat I just don't like. Anyway, let's not let's not get into guitar posting. Um, one last thing: are we are we getting close to the end of the show? Or? Yeah, we can wrap it up, or we can uh, yeah, we can put a pin in it and continue. Or, well, one thing I did want to bring up um, is the theory of ley lines. Yes, yes. this this was something that uh, was not in any of the videos, was not in anything that I read specifically about crystal trees it just came to me and it probably came to you guys separately too um but alfred watkins theory of ley lines uh back in the 1800s uh he measured energy flow between several megaliths um stone circles monuments everything only across the british isles in his research 
Um, but people have been measuring them since then uh, with monuments and megalithic sites across the world. And it gets into a lot of New Age stuff, obviously. Chakras and energy attunement. Um, you know, very weird stuff. But if you read between all the just New Age schizo faggot stuff, it is interesting that these ley lines interact with quartz. Hmm. Quartz is an amplifier of energy. And this is this is not new age stuff it is an amplifier of electrical energy or electromagnetic energy um and has been used along these supposed ley lines all across the world to great effect to measurable scientifically measurable effect so this is not a theory um it's possible that with all of these root systems across the world that are filled with the remnants of these silicon trees becoming quartz and the mines that are under the ocean and under uh, what's left of the land because honestly we probably only have about 30 percent left in this section of the realm Um, it's possible that that is what ley lines are what do you guys think i mean the ley lines do I was more into the theory that the ley lines are all intersecting at like Starfort locations. Well, it could have been built on these remnants for that reason, right? For right. these powerful well, reasons. Well, I was, was going to say, and that makes sense that they would do that then because the network would have already been there. And, and if these trees, right. if these massive trees are, let's say, hubs of energy, mm-hmm. right? Maybe even aether. We don't know. That's pure speculation on my part. Well, what if what if the crystal trees produced ether the way that these trees produce oxygen? Exactly. Well, yeah, part of like a theory that I had about a year ago was well, that where all these pyramids and everything are set up along these nexus points of these ley lines uh, caused some kind of magnetic disturbance that was too great and caused a caused a civilizational collapse. Yeah, like they were tapping into where these ley lines intersected and everything for energy, like uh, like acupuncture points, and right. th- and things just and and things didn't go the way they they thought they would, and the the grid, the the grid freaked out and crapped the bed on them. Well, I think part of part of that reason going into that theory is they were doing it after these trees were cut down. If you think of these trees as uh, servers basically, mm-hmm. right? Information can be passed along through energy, through the aether. Um, think of it as all circuit board, like cities, funny enough. Energy is passed through into these hubs, these servers, and when you take one down, that energy has nowhere else to go. Or, well, it does have somewhere to go. It can find another one, find another hub. But if you cut down all of them or destroy all of them, that energy is just swirling in these nexus points uh, or the remnants of these nexus points and in what's left of the network tunnels. So like like you're saying, when they tap too far into it at that point, when they're broken, they just release it all. And who knows what kind of destruction that could have caused. Yeah, that's... I don't know. Yeah, that's, that's a... Definitely an interesting theory. 
Sorry, I know that uh, that's even more schizo, I think, than we've been talking about this whole time. No, it, because a lot of it makes sense. With it like, just makes sense. Right. And it's... It, it's a possibility. It's a possibility, yeah, it, but it does. It is. But it does make sense that it would work. Right. And yeah. I'm not hanging my hat on that or anything. It's just an interesting theory I, that I had. And, and it's good to know you were thinking about it too, Dogbot. Um, but well, I, we it, it, it was really curious to me that we know that, like, like what we know about the Great Pyramid is that it does generate energy, right? And right. like the the Bosnian pyramids, uh, they they've done experiments to they uh, where you can you, you can electro you can detect electromagnetic energy above the Bosnian pyramids, and there are people who say that those those Bosnian pyramids aren't even fucking pyramids. Okay, whatever, they're overgrown, whatever, but <laughs> you can still you can still detect energy coming out of the 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 peaks of those right and i was just thinking like where uh, like where all these ley lines intersect and all these the you know where all these megalithic structures are happen to be along the same paths and just like what if what if they thought that they you know what if they had found a an energy source that they were tapping into and using for things that we don't understand and it, and and just shit hit the fan somehow, like like they got maybe they got greedy with it somehow, and it just it, it caused a it caused a, f- a flip or something, you know, yeah. like like. Well, that's also a possibility. That could have been that could have been part of, and I'm not saying that it all happened at once, and it's the only time it's happened. But that could have been part of the entire sin against the world, too. Um, and part of the corruption is corrupting the flow of this energy. Of the, the natural electromagnetic energy. Maybe that, well, that's the, okay. So the corrupting of the electromagnetic energy, there is a theory that that is what happened when the moon was introduced. Is that it, it interrupted the natural electromagnetism of the earth and it it created some sort of artificial magnetism and um like basically that's what corrupted everything i don't buy it um just personally i don't buy that because i believe that the two the two lights the one to govern the day and the one to govern the night were made purposefully but that's just me Okay. Well, I mean, yeah, I, I, you, you got to read this thing. It's not my theory, so definitely send it to me. Yeah, send it to I'll me after to this, you. and I'll, I'll yeah, read I'll it when it I'm in bed. It's interesting, yeah, and you should read it in a female NPR voice. It'll make it all the better. Please no, no, don't read it. Well, like it's that. a good way to get to sleep, man. Right. You know? It's a very good way to get to sleep. Speaking of which, I need to do that. It is getting late. Um, we need to wrap up the crystal trees, or are we gonna? put a pin in it and do some more later. What do you want? What do you, what do you guys think? I don't, I don't know that we've exhausted this. I think people are going to ask a lot of questions and there's a lot of stuff that we might not have covered. I mean, these videos on this stuff, all this, the research on this, I mean, it's like much more than two hours worth of stuff. Plus we shit posted a little bit. Oh, for sure. Yeah. There's, there's a lot of content. Um, so yeah, we can always come back, circle back. And, and I'm sure skull is going to want to come on and talk about a little bit of, of, 
the ley line stuff. And mm-hmm. well, he's going to be mad that he didn't get to come on for this one. He's going to be mad about connects this one with too. the Tartarian ether gathering and all of that. Right, uh, and we didn't even talk about Tolkien and the trees, and we didn't really talk about Endor and the trees, and which also we you remember how we talked about the ancient Irish and yes. the Tartarians and whatever. Well, what about all their trees, their forests, the ancient forests that were cut down? Those oh, were not. If we're getting into ancient forests, that would be, oh. Well, what I'm saying is maybe they're not really that ancient, you know, right? because they're not, because the crystal trees are ancient and then, you know, we're back around anyways. Yeah, there's a possibility 1,000 years has been just removed from us. Right. Or right. like so like if, if if that if they can do that with just a thousand years, what can they do with the rest of it? Right. And what can they do with the contents of that thousand years alone? Mm-hmm. That's a long time. Oh, it's a lot of time to be able to make up and com- they keep look at the things we keep finding. You know, we keep finding these things from these eras. How are we finding these things? Like would somebody open somebody's footlocker? You know, or something, or there was like a box in an attic somewhere in a rectory. No, there, there's yeah, a no. cave. There's a cave in the Middle East that has tons no, I of know. clay earthen jars that seem to have complete scrolls and uh, extra chapters to the Epic of Gilgamesh that we didn't even know about. Right, like, new new yeah, Epic like, of Gilgamesh dropped. I was saving that for Tuesday, but yeah. Oh well, yeah. I mean, we got. We're definitely going to talk about it. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll yeah, we find out for that for you guys. Yeah. We find out Enkidu uh, levels up to a new superpower. And, uh, yes, yes. <laughs> yeah, he picked his class specialization. Right. <laughs> he went with Barbarian. Uh, Super Sasquatch 3 is the, the new level he's on. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. It's pretty, it's pretty yeah, crazy. It turns, the out, things that are... turns out in the tutorial, he kind of failed. I started out as a level 60, but as soon as he his virginity was taken, he dropped back to level 1 and had to re- restart. Well, yeah, he he lost his wizard status. Duh. That's what happens yeah. when you coop. Yes. Anana, Anana got kicked out of Babylonian art college because her grants uh, fell through. Oh, you mean Azazel? <laughs> sure. Not sure which guy is telling the more inside baseball joke, but okay. Um, I'll play this along. This is what we do. What? When we ship post. Yeah, I know. I was confused there for a second. I, anyway. I wasn't talking about Cleopatra. I know. Stop. Please. No. Not right now. Okay. I don't know that we have a... Do we have a pasta this week? Are we doing a pasta? Uh, I will have one, yes. You're going to do one? Right on. Reinhardt's been sitting in for Jack while Jack is off doing things. Lucky. No, anyways, yes. I want to do moving things. up in the world yeah. and reading again. He's reading. I know. Well, yeah, actually, I, I don't want to read anymore. I'm tired of reading. Reading hurts my brain because every time I read something, I read something else that kind of contradicts what I just read. Other than the, <laughs> the Hendry books, I don't think you can contradict his books. Hendry books are great. The Hendry books oh, are great. Oh, man, yes. I'm loving them. I'm um, 250 pages into uh, The Sphere of Influence. Oh, you went, you went second book first. Okay. I did too. That's the one you sent me first. I sent them both at the same time. It's not my fault. That's how they were fulfilled. Mm-hmm. The Amazon Fulfillment Center. We're literally the only people that are not fulfilled are the people that work there. Or the people that get the second book before the first book. That's not my fault. 
<laughs> I ordered them in the same order. They were pro- however the however Jeff Bezos people decided to process it. You know, they, listen. They were hard at work making him his billions so he could fly it to space for ten minutes. I, I'd like I'd like his books on Zionism. Okay. Yeah, forgot about that. Anyway. Yeah. All right. Cool. Uh, I I would I'd like to plug the Eratus Ver Bandcamp, and the way you spell that is I R A T U S V I R, and uh, look for his Bandcamp uh, album. It is a clean seven point seven seven, you know, seven dollars and seventy seven cents for yes. his album. Also for him and his family. Yes. Also check out the Painted Worlds album. Very phenomenal. And check out We Druid, W E E D R U I D. All of them can be found on Bandcamp. Um, they're all they're all pretty damn good. We have some very talented listeners. I have to say. Uh, I have gotten word that the Painted Worlds album will be available on other streaming services very soon. Really? Oh, yes. that's awesome. That's very yeah. cool. That is a very... And, a, and a, an indie label has uh, asked for permission to produce his album into a cassette. Uh, a real live cassette? I want one. Well, yeah, that's like, that's like Ultimer... That's ultimate super hipster right there is to have your you know, to have your stuff turned into a cassette. Yeah. So good for him. That's awesome. Yes, I would I would really like one of those cassettes when they do come out. Um yeah, check them out on ban- on Bandcamp. Check out We Druid. Check out Oh man, I retire Ver. Hold on, what did I say it wrong? I said it wrong. How do you say Erratus Ver. Erratus Ver. Erratus Ver. That's right. Or Erratus Veer. Erratus Veer. Their music is very, like, has a very familiar sound to me. I like it a lot. I would call it, uh, like, Digital Grind, almost. Like digital Grind? Yeah. I don't it, agree with that I mean, even a little bit. Metal. It's, it's metal, but it has, like, it has a really just, like, precise, like, I don't, I don't know. I, like, I, don't, I like it a lot. Yeah, but I would not call it Digital Anything. I would not use that. I wouldn't use that term near any of that unless he's playing everything through a fractal. I don't think anything's digital on that. He might be. I doubt it. Playing through a fractal. A fractal is a digital amp simulator. Oh, oh, I was thinking of fractals from the 90s. Like, of course you were. I don't know. Yeah. All right. Anyway, we have a pasta coming up. We have Nationalist Inquirer coming up next week. Reinhardt, you have the week off. Yes, I yes. have to work. Uh, Reinhardt has weird work to schedule. Eleven thirty every day. Reinhardt has Astro, a weird work schedule. So, Astro's going to be coming on. To, yes. Uh, yeah. Astro will be here on Tuesday, and then next weekend, uh, I think we have a surprise. So, we're going to get out of here. Check us out on Telegram. Buy our shirts. We'll see y'all later. Time travel makes you gay. Mound trannies. Going back a great many generations, the good people of Govarn have taken great care to keep the peace with the fair folk. Everyone's heard of fairies. Enchanting, magical, completely fictional, of course. Yet their name has a flicker of truth, as it is a corruption of the name of the fair folk. Govarn has always seemed a haven where people live long, 
plagues are kept at bay and crops grow strong. All do, or so the rumor goes, to the locals keeping peace with their strange neighbors. It is even said that some of the local bloodlines are intertwined with those of the fair folk. Whenever a pie or cake is made in Govard, a sizable slice is left out at night for the fair folk. Always, it is gone in the morning. Whenever a family is generously blessed, a heartfelt donation is offered in a sack. Always, gone in the morning. People take great care where they tread. For phantasmagorical highways pockmark Govarn, ancient trails worn with invisible indentations. Exactly why the fair folk travel these paths, I don't know. I do know that to cross such a path is unwise, and to block one with a building is suicide. Jimmy Mulrin, from Dublin, didn't believe in such silly superstitions. He wasn't exactly a man of science, but he loved to laugh in the faces of feeble fools. He inherited a quite gorgeous cottage in the dead center of Govarn, and immediately proceeded to knock it down. The locals warned Jimmy to proceed with great care, as fair folk roads ran right through his land. Indeed, nobody could be persuaded to help, so Jimmy had to boldly begin building his grandiose new home alone. The good people of Govarn could not hide their horror. Jimmy's foundations were laid slap-bang in the middle of what can only be described as a fair folk freeway. There was much wailing and moaning, but Jimmy just laughed. You think I'm going to waste my time giving slices of blood pie and ungodly offerings for your fancy fucking fairies? Dream on, he snorted. He slept in a tent within a slowly growing home and tried to ignore the inhuman chattering and the gnashing of tiny teeth which spoiled his sleep. But what Jimmy was too ignorant to understand is that fair folk is a euphemism, like a cave person nervously muttering, Good boy in a reassuring tone, was slowly backing away from a starving saber-toothed tiger. And this was an uneasy peace kept here in Govarn. Sometimes even the villagers' best efforts weren't enough to placate the fair folk. In truth, the good people of Govarn lived in fear. I don't know what exactly the fair folk did to Jimmy. The locals of Govarn, who demolished Jimmy's foundations the next day, didn't know for certain either. But they had an idea... There's another reason why the fair folk are so called. Their translucent skin hasn't seen sunlight since before humans came to Ireland, back when the fair folk only drank the blood of animals. <laughs> 